Today FM. It's that time of the week again. So sit back, relax, and enjoy the Dermot and Dave Show Best of Podcast. Aye, aye. But not if you're driving. Definitely don't sit back. In fact, sit up now. Hi. Hi, this is the podcast. We are here talking as humans. Yes, we talk before the podcast begins to give you an extra little bit. We don't want you, you know, to feel like you're being shortchanged in any way. This is you get extra, you get more. You get more content. More bang for we're, your book. We're creating content right now. Are we content creators right now? Yeah. Hi guys, subscribe. There. Please like and subscribe. Cause then you get the video straight to your inbox and you don't you'll never you'll never miss an upload. Don't forget our other podcast, our sister podcast, the one about um lemurs. I would I would tune in for that. <laughs> what do you know about lemurs? Have you ever touched a lemur? Hey, that was never proved. <laughs> in the days when the zoo the zoos around the world didn't have the same kind of uh, ultra protection they have now of animals. I'm talking about like maybe 15, 20 years ago. I was lucky enough because I worked in radio to get behind the scenes at the zoo. And I had a lemur sitting on my shoulder. I they're, remember that. They're phenomenal little things. And like they would hold your finger the way a baby grips your finger. And their little hands were like really rough and calloused. I just remember that. So not an animal person. No. I'd be like, oh, gross. Get off me. No, they're really nice and Remember fluffy. we went into the elephant? In the zoo? Yeah. Oh, did you and shovel? You clean an elephant. Did you? No, it wasn't me. Was it not you? Was it not you? Yeah, yeah, one of us had to shovel elephant poo, didn't we? As a yeah, challenge or something. forfeit for yeah. losing something. Cheese and crackers, maybe. Um, What do you think of those creatures? They're technically rodents. Right. I think they come from like Brazil or whatever. I think they begin with C. Capybaras. Capybaras. The, they've got those big massive heads that like yeah, chunky big, heads. They, they almost have like Snoopy's snout. <laughs> yes. Yeah, that's a good way to describe them. Um, they're like, big, they are big rats, basically. I know, but like we saw them in Foda Island. Mm. They're my son's favorite animal of all. Wow. And he's oh, like, oh my God, I can't believe we got to see a capybara or capybara, whatever the hell they're called. Whatever it is, yeah. Uh, Never heard of it. And he was there, like, drinking out of a trough or whatever. The animal, not my son. <laughs> <laughs> it was a rough day in photo. And uh, my wife was like, oh, my God, they're so cute. And then she was reading the info thing at yeah. the cage. And she's like, oh, my God, they're rodents. Ugh, ugh let's go. <laughs> so she... She's seeing the word rodent. It was cute until found out that essentially rodent is very close to the word rat. So she was out of there. How do they see them in Australia? Do they think they're like rats as well? Oh, Brazil, I think they're Brazil. Oh, Brazil, yeah, sorry. Yeah. I don't know. what that, They're just wild animals. Like they're not, I don't think they, they don't kind of behave like rats as in like they try and get into your gaff and eat your food and spread disease and stuff. We but keep like gerbils and guinea pigs and all that. They're, they're, they're all, all technically rodents, rodents they're aren't they? absolutely rodents, yeah. All of them, yeah. Squirrels are rodents. I, what? Squirrels. Squirrels? Are they? Yeah, but also... People keep rats, rats as pets. <laughs> um, a friend of my niece has three rats that she keeps as, a, as pets yeah. and they're absolutely amazing creatures. What they so get smart. But they don't get out. Like the same way your gerbil doesn't get out or your hamster doesn't get out or your budgie doesn't get out. Uh, lads, I'm never having a pet. Ever. Let me just put that out. Never. We only had a goldfish growing up and he lived for nine years and it was the same goldfish. Don't... Like it wasn't like oh yeah he's sure still the goldfish. He used to change color yeah. and he changed his pattern <laughs> size and no <laughs> he, he grew big and then small he was and the then same big goldfish because I don't think my mother would have the patience for it. She was just like oh it died 
Like, the day it, it died, just died. You just said that, right? Yeah, it died. But then nine years is a fantastic innings for. Do you yeah. know what the trick was? It was my brother's goldfish. He won it at some f- fair thing. Yeah. Uh, never cleaned it. You <laughs> used to have to be like forced to clean it. The, the tank. Yeah. Yeah. Never I, cleaned m- it. Most fish die from overfeeding. Yeah. Uh, we just well, can't stop putting didn't. in a pinch every time. Yeah. <laughs> every time you pass. So he was presumably underfed, as in probably fed the right Underfed amount. and filthy. And he lived for nine years. <laughs> he could have lived for 18. <laughs> <laughs> Ma'am, it's the same capybara we had last week. I swear it is. <laughs> anyway, guys, it's a veritable zoo of content uh, this week. Loads uh, of stuff. Carl had his training baby, which was hilarious. Um, so funny. <laughs> oh, we, we, we started our new segment about relationships. We did. All you need is love, it's yeah. called. We looked at open relationships. Uh, bad jokes was in now, there. Dave and I are now seeing other DJs. <laughs> um, Noni was in with her horoscopes. Always fun. Uh, unless you're a Scorpio. And you know, Paula who found the packet of crisps. Oh, Paula found the Sam's Scrambling through your brain to try and work out what we yeah, have. Yeah, totally. Favorite part of the week when Dermot had a back spasm. <laughs> yeah, oh. he talked and his back went out. <laughs> he said, and that was it. I have a thing. If I lean on it like a, the arm of a chair down on my left elbow, then when I sit back up, I get this pain right across the my my shoulder blades, like from left to Ow. right. Well, people, I'm sure a doctor would say, well, then don't do that. Don't lean to the left. I know, but it's hard. What? You just would yeah. well, just stand bolt upright for the entire life. <laughs> no, just don't lean to the left on your elbow on what the arm of a chair. Somebody throws something at me. Why? Uh, you, okay, so if I threw something, you'd immediately lean to the left <laughs> and like rest your arm on an armchair. With my martial arts training, I know how to duck no, and weave. The reason I say this is because this happened to me. I was getting lower back pain, and I was like, "Oh, it's on this thing," and then eventually my physio went. Are you driving your car leaning over to the left? I was like, yeah, I always do that. He goes, well, stop doing that. So every time I get into the car, I force myself to sit up and kind of either sit up straight or lean slightly to the right. Disappeared. And I've never had it again since. But if I ever go back to that position, then it starts to come back again. I told you I used to do that as well. Mm. And I realized it was because my wallet was so fat in my arse arse pocket pocket that it was forcing me onto the unpadded buttock. Money bags. (laughs) My wallet's so massive, oh. I can't even drive it's properly. It's full of IOUs from Dave. <laughs> <laughs> it's full of unfulfilled coffee, free coffee cards. <laughs> it's it's um, all loyalty cards. <laughs> but yeah, so just don't lean on the left side of an armchair. Anyway, we can't remember what else is in the podcast. It was great though. Fun stuff. You're going to have a great time. Like and subscribe. <laughs> Guys, follow our sister podcast, um, Behemoth. Behemoths. Bye. That's Ed Sheeran, Castle on the Hill, Dermot and Dave on Today FM. In fact, isn't Ed Sheeran the reason why you were, if you got there, were able to go to the Munster game? Because by him performing in Thoman Park, it meant the Munster to play their European Champions Cup game in the Aviva. Which uh, some people around the time weren't particularly happy about, but when you saw... The pictures of the Aviva with, you know, 45,000, just a sea of red in there. Mm-hmm. It was it was incredible. Um, so, yeah, we had Wellfest on Saturday. Thanks to everybody who came down to say hi to the uh, to Today FM tent. And we had Coppers, the workout. Myself and Dave did our show down there on Saturday morning. I gave a meditation talk. And then 
The mission was to get from Kilmainham over to the Aviva <laughs> to catch the second half of the match, uh, which I managed to do. <sighs> Success. Famous Munster anthem, Stand Up and Fight. Yeah, sung by a lovely lady called Jean Wallace, who I actually met after the game and had great chats with. Oh. Um, yeah. And uh, she was very proud to have been singing in the middle of the Aviva, and absolutely. she sounded absolutely amazing. What a voice she has. Yeah. Uh, what is the crack with that song? That's, we know that song. Is that... Like... Is that another song that then you put lyrics over? What's happened there? I actually don't know the history of, of that stand-up and fight song. I'm sure the Munster fans listening will let us know. Yeah. Um, but it was obviously very exciting and heartbreaking and uh, it went to extra time. Explain And then it this. went to penalties. I've which never... A lot of people had never seen before in I've rugby. never seen this before. I didn't realise a game could, after tying, after extra time, could go to penalties in rugby. Because like, like I was kind of flicking in and out because I knew that you were trying to get over there. I was wondering what happened, and then I just heard this: a place-kicking competition will decide this quarter-final. Three separate drop goal attempts in added time. None of them successful. Full time after added time. I have to say, I wasn't sure of the rules, um, right. and I was. Try, I was on my own sitting in the stand so I didn't have a friend to ask so I tried to ask the people around me and it was all very tense and I was like so how many do they all just get do they take turns or what and I was shut up will you so you not, were in the dark so yeah I mean obviously I was like many people probably picking it up as, a, as we went along because I didn't have commentary because I was in the stand Yeah, uh, but it was pretty obvious so Healy, Carberry and um, Murray were picked t- to be the, the three kickers to be the kickers so their job was to what, what, they were yeah, taking see, kicks from all over the different parts of the of the like they were yeah, on, so the you start on the 22 and then you move back and it gets harder and harder and, yeah. and obviously someone is and designated the other end. someone is designated to kick from from out wide, someone in the middle, and so so you yeah. kind of put your you put your bog tower uh, in but the look, middle. It's one of those things. It's just like in football. You know, sometimes shootouts go your way, sometimes mm. they don't, and there's no point, you know, focusing on or analyzing the actual shootout itself because right. there's, there's so much going on. Um, but yeah, it was just a really really exciting game. We just didn't come out on the winning side, you know. And in terms of you leaving, having done your unwreck your head meditation talk mm. at Wellfest how much of the game did you actually manage to see the second half oh and the extra time and the penalty because <laughs> so. I was thinking is this even going to be worth my while because I couldn't get a taxi because uh, right. it's pretty much impossible to get a taxi in Dublin these days and when I eventually got there and then ran from juries up to the Aviva and then eventually I got in I was like was this really worth me losing two stone, um, trying to run up the road to get here. But actually, yeah, got loads of rugby. And just, uh, you know what? It's been a while since I had felt that electric monster atmosphere mm. at a game. Mm. You know, and there was something, I suppose, you know, 10 or 15 years ago that we were we were very much used to. Those. Taking for granted almost. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it seemed to be back in the Aviva, you know, in spite of the fact that it, you know, it's not our traditional home ground, but uh, yeah, it was just. I suppose it was. It was. It was heartbreaking. But I think everybody enjoyed the spectacle. The sun was shining. It was a sea of red. 
Um, and then, yeah, you had Gene Wallace belt now stand up and fight. People say in the stand up and fight is from Carmen. It's a soldier's chorus from Bizet's opera, Carmen. It's the kind of song, you know, the old, the old Limerick men sing, you know? <laughs> you, sound like, you sound a bit like Noni there. Oh, though, yeah, yeah, just a little bit. <laughs> I was at the Munster match also. Such heartbreak. Was on the lookout for the one and only Noni, says Alan. Disappointed Munster and Tip Man. At least count yourself that you're a Munster and Limerick man, not a Munster and Tip Man. <laughs> uh, Alan, you're nearly as disappointed as me, Dave, the Man United fan who watched this team lose 4-0 to Brighton. Wow. Right. And I did watch Man City win 5-0 against Newcastle. It looked like a training session. Well, that was the only kind of up shot of the weekend. It was Liverpool's draw <laughs> and Man City's win. I'll be honest with you. Philip Egan and I were having a good conversation about that this morning. And yes, I am delighted that uh, Man City went and won 5-0. But then we won't talk about that. But I'd love to know, do Munster fans... I don't know, what, you know whether it's justified or not, but I feel like, you know, as tough as it was, it reminded me of back in 2000 when we lost that Heineken Cup final mm. over in Twickenham. And even though it was heartbreaking, it felt like the beginning of something. Okay. Now we lost a few, another final a couple <laughs> of years later. Um, but I wonder, do you feel like me? Like this is, it's kind of a feeling of, of resurgence at Munster. That there's an energy there now. And even though it didn't go that well, you know, and the, the kicks didn't land, you feel like we're, there's momentum in a, in a direction. Maybe this is a new dawn and with a new coach coming in soon. Um, maybe I'm fooling myself. Maybe you sound exactly like a Man United fan and saying, <laughs> Eric Ten Hag's going to fix everything. <laughs> what do you think? 87 4100 Am I delusional or is this a new dawn? Jen's been on to us. She's a Monster fan. Good morning, Dermot and Dave. It's Jen here from Cork. So I was saying to one of my boys, who is now 16, um, so I said to him, so did you hear that um, Monster are playing Toulouse? Um, and he looked at me and he went, why would they do that? Uh, and gave him a couple of seconds and then he realized what he'd actually said. <laughs> and it has now been the standing joke for the weekend because Monster ended up playing Toulouse. And Toulouse. <laughs> <laughs> yes, they did both, unfortunately. Uh, I love this. Somebody says that uh, their dad said that uh, my 88-year-old father said, Ned Sheeran lost us the match. <laughs> they would have kicked those around in Tomond. <laughs> yeah, a lot of people suggesting that uh, Tomond Park would have been the place where maybe Munster might have gotten over the line. And some Leinster fans delighted the game. Nah, the uh, Toulouse are just a brilliant team, you know, like, and they're monsters. They're just massive giants of men. Like, they, you know, there's some of the best players on the planet well, so we, you know should be too too disappointed um, I thought Munster played played really well it's just uh, kicks didn't go our way Kenneth O'Connor in Cork says Dermot is a Leeds fan but a fanatical Munster fan with some slap in the face of a weekend the positive is I totally agree with you it's like a, a kickstart for Munster new management team and the real fans are back he says uh, yeah, yeah. Someone says that game smacked of olden days where we gave it our all, and a cruel twist of fate scuppered us. It was an unreal game. Uh, but yeah, I think most of you, judging by your messages, think that it's uh, it's an optimistic time for Munster. Well, how about this one? Uh, I know you like your sports and your Mondays compile a roundup of the weekend's action. So how about mentioning Bristol Rovers? They needed a five-goal swing. Or to beat Northampton Town's results to secure promotion to League One from League Two. Northampton won 3-1, meaning Rovers had to win by seven goals. And guess what? We went and beat Scunthorpe 7-0. <laughs> I'm a huge Bristol Rovers fan who had Glenn Whelan playing for them and it was over for the game. I've never experienced anything like it. Wow. Imagine going into a game going, lads, we're not going to get promotion. We have to win 7-0. 
and then you win 7 0. <laughs> like, that's <laughs> insane. So glad you enjoyed it. And you were over there for it as well. That's brilliant. Uh, did we have some chap who was at uh, the same gig as me on Friday? Yeah, Tom has been on to us. Hi, Dermot. I hope you enjoyed Tool the other night. It was my first time seeing the band, and I'm only into them in the last couple of months. Oh my God, when the music started, the thumping off the speakers. I thought someone had me on the ground do compressions on my chest. It was amazing. That's Tom, who was uh, on, at Tom. Tool the weekend. A new Tool fan. Yeah. Welcome to the Tool Army, Tom. What did you think? What did you give it out of 10? Um, I, I've 10. Really? Yeah, you're just looking at masters of their craft. Right. Um, yeah, it was amazing. And then I was at another gig in... Um, in the button factory last night, uh, Pine Grove, which is, I suppose, couldn't be more different to Tool, kind of uh, indie folk rock Americana wow. type, out New Jersey. Gang. And talk about two different venues, like the three arena with the full spectacle of whatever Tool have on stage in terms of lighting and uh, the video screens and everything. And then you go to the yeah. button factory and just, just see a band. Intimate, loads of Guinness farts. Brilliant. You know, the way every gig should be. You'll know him from his stand-up career, his appearances on shows like Live at the Apollo, 8 out of 10, Cats and QI. You might know him as Hedgehog on The Masked Singer <laughs> or as a musical actor appearing on the likes of The Producers and Chitty Chitty Bang Bang. He's a triple threat. A Man City fan. And he's coming to Ireland for three very special dates on his Like Me tour. Good morning, Jason Manford. Hello there. Are you ever tempted to do the thing that Jason Derulo does and just say your name before every joke? <laughs> just go, Jason Manford, and then do your bit. I might try it. I might try it. I have to write, I write, write less material. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah, exactly. Just fill it all up with your name. Do we hear yeah. you got a facial during the week? Because I, I worry for you at uh, the next Man City game because one of the Gallaghers is, is going to come up and punch you for it. Well, I wouldn't be surprised to see the boys there, to be honest. They're just less honest about uh, <laughs> about their uh, beauty regime. <laughs> um, given where you are right now, do you think that you will do me, as a Manchester United fan, the massive favour of preventing Liverpool from winning a quadruple? Oh, I mean, I hope so. I don't think they'll get a quadruple. I think that's I think that's an impossible task, but we'll never hear the end of it. No. We can't. I mean, it can't happen. Man City fans are culpable with as a Manchester United fan but Liverpool fans are not so please no. win something we're still grateful that's yes the difference. that's the difference yeah exactly yeah. exactly come here you're doing the Ed Sheeran tour of Ireland I notice you're doing the Town Hall Theatre in Galway the Cork Opera House in yeah. Cork and Vicar Street in Dublin following in Ed's footsteps he decided to you know instead of doing one massive date he just said I'll do loads of them around the country instead yeah do you know it's a funny one I, I mean I didn't necessarily realise that's what uh, Ed Sheeran is as well. <laughs> but um, and I'm sure he may have been in slightly bigger venues than I am but uh, but yeah I, I, I just love getting out and, and, and touring you know and, and people are so happy that you've come to their town they're really over the moon and uh, and I love Galway and, and a lovely place to go to in Cork and they're places that I would normally get to you know they're, they're not necessarily a holiday destination when we're looking at summer holidays um, <laughs> why? So I mean Galway it, 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 there's one day of the summer it doesn't rain I mean come on Jess <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> saying that we have, I have actually had a, week, a weekend away in Galway which was lovely but no it's just nice to get down there and I've got family all around uh, Ireland as well so it gives them a chance to blag free tickets of course mm. very important well actually you, you kind of undersold yourself a bit there Ed Sheeran did actually do 
the same venue that you're going to do on the 18th uh, when you do Vicker Street. He did. Oh, right, yeah, he, course, he did a yeah. gig there. Uh, he also did Crow Park, which is an 80,000 capacity <laughs> stadium. But he did Vicker Street too yeah. on the same tour. Do you have yeah. a loop pedal, Jason? This could be your next thing. I know. That's what I need. But with just jokes. Yeah, just jokes. It's like, yeah. just like knock, knock, and then just like on repeat, knock, knock. Bella goes into the doctors. Bella goes into the doctors. Might just start doing yeah. that. It's work for Ed. Come here. You had a Facebook group group called the Jason Manford Weight Loss Support Group and you've oh, been yeah. shedding the pound. Did you lose like three stone or something over lockdown? I did it I did at one point, yeah. yeah. I can't say that's all still off. That's but, impressive. Um, what did yeah. you do? Everyone would want to um, know now. It's, it's a secret, uh, but I'll let you in on it, which is um, eating less and doing more. Oh, hang on now. That's and a revolutionary that's a, idea. That's never, Jason. It'll never work. I, I know. And it's, the problem is, uh, funnily enough, I, somebody came to me recently and said, because uh, there's like 100,000 members or something on that Facebook group. And this, uh, this book company came to me and said, oh, do you want to do like a fitness book? Or a, I said, that's all I've got. <laughs> just eat less and do more yeah. how many times can you print that <laughs> do it as a children's picture book two pages yeah and exactly. with recipes so yes exactly so I said no you're alright Although, I'll just let people find it for themselves <laughs> although I did see the beautiful picture of the uh, treats you got I think it was in Dundee and they gave you loads oh, of tunnocks yeah. and Dermot and I oh, yeah. are obsessed with oh. tunnocks as, as treats oh. for the show like we get we have lots of stuff yeah. in my it's called Dave's chocolate drawer and we have lots of things in there but every now and again either he or I'll walk in and go I got the tunnocks yes yeah I love a tunnock yeah. I love a tunnock I, I mean I, I don't deny myself anything do you know what I mean I mm. still have stuff I'm just a bit more careful than I used to be <laughs> And do more stuff. Yeah. Well, I try and do more stuff. Myself and Dave uh, used to go to the gym together, and we were personally trained by the same guy. Yeah. And I do remember uh, Dave's most hated exercise was burpees. And I've never seen when he did them. You you seemed like you were doing the burpee in slow motion. Yeah. But I was trying my hardest, Jason. I was trying my hardest. (laughs) I can believe it. Yeah. It's just trying to get this much bulk off the ground. Is it like, you know, I mean, 747s have a long runway and four engines. Why don't I? I mean, why why do I expect them to just leap? 100%. Yeah, I agree with you. So I've got a PT who, and I would say she comes to the house, she does a, a session with me and my wife. And I would say she's like nine stone tops. I'm 15. <laughs> now, she's doing these exercises. You know, just do this and this and this. I'm saying, yeah, but look at me. Imagine you doing that exercise, but with you on your own back. Yeah, yeah exactly. <laughs> Carry my wife and so do the same fair, exercise. Is it? Yeah. yeah, it's not a fair it's comparison. Not fair. <laughs> um, and uh, was there any particular reason why you chose the trainer to come to the house? Did you not want to turn up at your local fly fit or whatever? Uh, uh, to be honest, I but it's a bit of both. It's a bit mm. of both. I, we got we got a, a garage, and what do you do with them? You, you know, the one thing you don't do with a garage these days is put a car in it. <laughs> so we just thought, well, let's put. A, you know, it was lockdown. It was one of those things in lockdown where you were like, hey, we could use this time to get fit. <laughs> <laughs> and so we so we built this gym, and I would say it's been used maybe a dozen times. Uh, so yeah, it's been well, nice. Well, but you lost three stone, so you must have been crushing it no, in been, there at I some must, point. I was doing all right, to be fair. Yeah, yeah. I did all right. But I mean, mo- most of it wasn't gym. I've got to say, most of it was. Uh, not eating and drinking. It's that uh, food thing. Yeah, people don't really... It's, it's hard to compute that, yeah. but it is literally... You want to lose weight, you need to not eat the stuff and drink the stuff that you want to eat and <laughs> drink. Exactly. Would, yeah, would you really be... Is that. Would you be like a few cans, uh, as they say on Carnation Street, in front of telly? 
Would it be that? <laughs> I, 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 no, thank goodness I'm mm. not a big drinker, actually. And I, I, I thank my lucky stars because God knows what I'd be. I'd be, I'd be getting a crane to my gigs. I just think, <laughs> I mean, I managed to get, you know, up there with just food. So imagine adding drink to it as well. Yeah, so thankfully it's not, well, it's not my, a big problem. My son bet my wife a, a large amount of money that she couldn't get a six-pack by the time the summer rolls around. And my mm. wife is not one to turn down a challenge. She's a very fit lady. She could probably easily get a six-pack. But she was looking at, you know, Googling how to get a six-pack. And obviously it's, you know, your oh. bo- your body fat needs yeah. to be, you know, in single figures. Or whatever. And she was like, hang on a second. And then she held the phone over me and said, look. And it said, like, drink alcohol and eat sweets, her two favorite things. And I was like, wow. you're looking at a list of things not to do. And she's like, oh, for God's sake, forget so, it. Yeah, she says, forget it. And opened up a yeah. packet of refreshers and a glass of rosé and went, do you know if what? This is fine. Easy, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Did you see, Jason, Dave Chappelle got a slap off an, a disgruntled audience member? And now it mm. just seems to be worryingly. I know that like two global <laughs> incidents doesn't represent yeah. a trend, but I would also say, lads, mm. you know, Frank Skinner used to do a lovely line on it, which I always thought was very good, which was any story that starts with in America, you have to take with a pinch of salt. <laughs> yeah. Like, it does not necessarily mean there's going to be a problem worldwide. You go, oh my God, what a crocodile did a thing in America. <laughs> Obviously in America. Like, like, you know what I mean? Like, this is not a problem that's going to affect the world. But okay. I, you know, at the same time, if I'm on a Galway Town Hall Theatre and somebody attempts to get on that stage, I'll be ready for you. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know what they'll be getting on stage going, here, I, I bought you some Tunnock's tea cakes and I want to give yeah. you a hug, Jason. That's what you'll get in Ireland. I'd be very surprised if I said anything that was uh, was so controversial that somebody fancied uh, <laughs> having a fight. It's okay. You're As you say, you're trained. You've had two boxer-sized classes in your garage with the missus. <laughs> exactly. You're ready yeah. for action. I'm, absol- I'm, I'm ready. <laughs> Jason Manford, the Like Me Tour, 16th in the Town Hall Theatre Galway, 17th Cork Opera House, 18th Vicar Street. We cannot wait for to come over and for everyone to see these shows and hopefully we'll catch it one of them I'm looking forward to it I'll see you then see you Jason bye see you lads <laughs> after our chat with Jason Manford the comedian somebody says lads what's a tunnock so tunnocks is a Scottish brand of confectionery uh, they'll famously do tunnocks tea cakes which yeah, are you know those ones the ones in foil they're in a little yellow box yeah but they also do tunnocks caramels which I believe are superior to the tea cake. And they're like... Caramel wafers. A wafer bar surrounded in chocolate, but with caramel in between the wafers. And, oh God, they're just so good. I'm getting today. I have to. <laughs> Even after the chat with Jason. On, uh, about, especially because of the chat with Jason. Uh, Jason is a legend, says somebody. I met him in Tynan's pub in Kilkenny during cat laughs one year. I challenged him to a Jaeger bomb race. He destroyed me. <laughs> Sound man. <laughs> Don't do that. And Kevin the Van is a big Man United fan. Says, watch out, Dave. You know Manford is a blue. He'll have that stupid little smile, smile and all little brothers have when they get one over on their big brother. Look, at the moment, I'd be quite happy for the uh, blues in my life to be smiling if it means the other reds in my life are not smiling. So at the moment, I'm fully behind Jason Manford and his blues. So sorry, Kev, I'm definitely feeling that way. And actually, I didn't realise that the message for, uh, from about stand up and fight and where it came from and Carmen mm. was, out, was from Jean Wallace herself. What? Who was singing stand up and fight at the Aviva at the weekend. Uh, so thank you for getting in touch, Gene, and fantastic singing. Not an easy gig to do, I would say, that pre-match 
you know, oh God, no, national anthem or or whatever it would happen to be. Because yeah. you always see the Super Bowl ones, and they always like absolutely murder it. Well, I would say that we have a much better record this side of the water of getting the national anthems right for whatever country yeah. is playing. When you see those American so, ones, oh, say can you see? But you know what the worst is? Is <laughs> one of my favorite bands in the world, Metallica, are San Francisco natives, and then mm. when the San Francisco is it the 49ers? 49ers? Or maybe the baseball team? Anyway, when someone is playing, they get Kirk and James out with their amps and they play their version of mm. the thing. But even that is cringe. Like the two coolest lads on earth <laughs> playing guitar. It's like, this, this just doesn't look very good at all. People are with us on the Tunnocks bus, Dermot. Yeah, John and Limerick has been on, Dave, and uh, he's Scottish apparently, so I think you should read out his text uh, as a Scot. <coughs> lads! Talking about Tunnocks and me being Scottish, say their macaroon pants. Pure sugar rush in a bar, says John and Limerick. Thanks, John. This one meets you on Toon later on. Uh, so, macaroon bars got to go for. I've never seen a Tunnocks macaroon bar, but I need to get them into it. Then, Tunnocks tea cakes are savage, lads. I always get the big box of them for every Christmas. Some job with tay. <laughs> You're absolutely right. Yeah, the tea cakes, though, I find you have to have them in pairs. Oh. You have to have, you've just got to eat the first one and just like, Hoover it down. It doesn't even touch the sides. They're so delicious. And then the second one, you can savour a little bit more. <laughs> well, I love... And actually witness the eating. Our Maria knows that the key to our hearts is whatever birthday presents we're getting, you know, from the crew, from the gang, mm. from the show, Maria always adds the Maria hamper. And in the Maria hamper will always be, sellotape to the side of the basket, will be tonics, individual tonics tea cakes. Maria, you know, you know what, what it requires to be our best chocolate giver ever. Well, for you, for you, it's tonics and, uh, glass bottles of Coke Zero. Glass bottles of Coke. Listen to this woman. Yeah. This woman knows me better than anyone else on earth. And for Dermot, it's tonics and, uh, granola. Organic, sugar-free granola. And tonics. Contrast. <laughs> yeah. We were talking about uh, pumping up uh, swimming pools with uh, hair dryers, and Chrissy's been on to us. Guys, I'll tell you the hack to, to pumping up anything with a hair dryer. You get a normal bottle, like a small Coke bottle or a big one. A small one is better, and then you, you cut it in half, and you put the small where the cork is into the hole of whatever it is you're trying to uh, blow up, and then blow through the cut part, and it fills up with air. There you go now, boys. Absolute genius hack, Chrissy. Thank you so much. Yeah, that's a brilliant idea. <laughs> I couldn't follow that at so, all. So if you get a small Coke bottle, right? The Coke I don't bottle, want to hear this again. No, but it, it's important. If you can't follow it, maybe someone else can follow it. The Coke bottle bit without the lid will slot into the swimming pool thing. Mm. You cut off the end of it, put the hairdryer into the other end of it. you got an instant nozzle. Or just get one of the battery-operated pumps. Everyone has a hairdryer. Not everyone has a battery-operated <laughs> pump. Hashtag Coke nozzle. <laughs> There's one more thing I'm going to give you on Disney Plus, and it's aimed at tweens, but I've picked it for Dave. Yes. He's absolutely going to love it. What is this? Um, it's called Sneakerella. <gasps> I've seen the poster for this, and I was like, what is this movie, and how can I get it into me? Yeah, so it's well, it's coming to Disney Plus on Wednesday. So it's an aspiring sneaker designer from Queens, uh, works as a stock boy in a shoe shop. And hides his talent and then meets a girl, blah, 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 Sneakerella. Okay. <laughs> Cinderella so, with sneakers. This is on Disney Plus this week. On Wednesday. Injected it into for, my no, veins. It's, it's for tweens, like. Like I'd probably uh, show it to our 10-year-old at home. Yeah. 
Like, and I Dave. have the mental capacity of a tween. <laughs> like, I will absolutely be focused completely on Sneakerella this week. I, you could probably predict this movie before you How see it. How dare you? Yeah. Okay, we're going to predict it right there then. So he's working in the storeroom or yeah. whatever, down on his luck. Probably his landlord's giving him grief. <laughs> you know, there's things going wrong in his life. He spots this girl, doesn't have the courage to ask her out. And then eventually he does she convinces him that he's got real talent then something happens where the real <laughs> designer gets COVID or something and he just throws one of his sneakers into some competition or, or just display and it's like oh my god this is amazing who designed this and then he steps forward to his romantic music and then he takes over the business can I can I predict mine yeah, yeah. Uh, so this guy now I, I'm going to say that he's a little bit younger than his landlord is on him. That's, that's a new prediction. His, oh, parents, his parents want him to go to college, I think. This 12-year-old with a landlord. <laughs> he's, he's wor- Stop busting my balls, Mr. McCraskey! He's working Stop in this- busting my balls, Mr. McCraskey! Where are my balls, Mr. McCraskey? <laughs> so, mine is a bit younger, really. Okay, okay, right? okay. Parents want him to go to college. Yeah. Doesn't want to go to college. All he wants to do is design sneakers. Mm-hmm. Working in the storeroom. I'd say somebody really famous comes in, has a big event, wants to pick some sneakers. Okay. Can't find any they like. Spot him and his customs that he's just made. Wants them. Where, then the celebrity wears them to this big event. And then it all goes, it all spirals from there. Oh, and then he gets too big for his boots. And, or his sneakers. And then he has to win back his girl. Maybe. With some humility. No, he ends up marrying the celebrity, I'd say. Or his landlord. <laughs> and in the end, Mr. Wachowski rides off into the sunset going, I told you, boy. <laughs> Sneakerella on Disney+. Disney Plus. I can't Wednesday. wait for it. Here's Katy Perry on Play <laughs> FM. Yeah, I was hoping that my first uh, team tune on national radio would not be this. <laughs> what well, it is. It is. Uh, the challenge that has been set is for you to become a father. Uh, no. <laughs> Can you explain this? <laughs> Quickly. Live on the air. <laughs> so what it is actually is... Carl's going to be given one of these dolls that you'll have seen in Love Island, which is effectively has all of the demands of a newborn, but thankfully is not alive. And we had Orla Grimes on with us uh, on Friday to explain exactly what kind of scenario Carl's facing. You're the only one who'll be able to take care of the baby because you've got a wristband on your arm. And every time the baby cries, the baby knows you're there by the wristband. And if you're not there baby's going to keep crying and the cry will get louder and louder and louder. And the great thing is at the end of the week when Orla comes back on the radio on Friday she will have a score of how Cahill has performed as a dad. But like let's get an update Cahill. Like so you've had the weekend yeah. obviously you spent a whole weekend prepping for the child's arrival so have you got mm, getting prepping? loads of rest? <laughs> yeah. Um, can we can I ask can we um, push this forward a bit? No. No. Battling you're, with, uh, you're getting vicious. Child. Vicious. Hangover. I don't want to try it. <laughs> well, to add to the fear that you have for your vicious hangover being at work on a Monday, you're also now become, going to go, become responsible for a child. Okay, uh, so do you have nappies? Um, no. Do I don't you have, have clothes for the baby? I have a um, sunglasses. I got a, I got a pair of sunglasses. Baby Sorry. sunglasses. That is. 
You can't have a naked child <laughs> who has sunglasses, Carl. I have time. I have a couple of hours. Mm. Stay, I, I, I did get a, one of those baby uh, carrier thingies. Oh, okay. sling. A, a, a sling. Yeah. yeah. A papoose. Do, <laughs> do you have a mode of transport for the child? You've got a pram or a buggy or whatever. Uh, yes, a very kind Limerick woman gave me her pram. Noni. Noni gave me her pram. <laughs> yes, it is. Okay. It's more oh, of a perambulator. <laughs> it's, the, it's the original. Yeah. And how did this go down at home over the weekend when you told Claire what we had planned for you? <sighs> Not happy. Not happy. That's why you had to take yeah, her out on a the, Sunday night for pints. Exactly. Yeah. 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 Uh, yeah no. The, the, I think the pull-out couch is is what I'll be faced into. I think. Well, because you, Maria said this morning, she was like, uh, "Where are you? Where's the baby sleeping?" Yeah. I hadn't thought of that. What? You can't tell her where the baby's sleeping. So you need somewhere for the baby to sleep. I know. So obviously, the baby's going to have to come into the into the lab with me. Oh, oh you, can't, you can't do Rookie that. Rookie mistake. Yeah, newborn. You well, can't sleep with a newborn in your bed. He landed all this on me on Friday, okay? Yeah. I don't have time. So we expect you to spend the weekend sorting things out, not going out drinking. <laughs> Wellzest and Tipperary were playing. And <laughs> Look, Tipperary got beaten by Limerick. The man mm. needed a drink. Yeah. Well, Although, now, shout out to Tipperary. They were very, very good well, for an hour. So, this, or an hour, on 60 minutes. That's an hour. Called. 60 minutes is an hour. It's a vicious <laughs> hangover day. He <laughs> <laughs> can't even tell the time he's hung over. But this Come hangover on. is going to help you. with. How is it going to help? The, it's going to give him a real life look at how it is to be a parent and want pints yeah because that's that's a real problem <laughs> I, I, this will put me off kids forever <laughs> I think so have you any tips for me come on you have tips uh, yeah, don't, don't, don't go out go on a drinking. Sunday night yeah Okay, that's too late. Anything else? <laughs> uh, don't. Okay, yeah. So don't sleep with the child in your bed. Figure out a place for the child to sleep that is its own its own place. Go to bed early. Go to bed early. Yeah, well, that's not going to be a problem. I can tell you that because you're going to have to get up every couple of hours to feed the child. Like you can't. There's no. There's no <gasps> night sleeps. Oh. Get a nanny. Yeah. <laughs> no. We'll find out exactly how Kyle gets on with his baby. That is all joking aside, even better than, than the, the real thing. thing. If you are a nanny. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Wasn't the tiger in The Simpsons owned by those two magicians called Anastasia? <laughs> Possibly so. What were their names again? They were the Las Vegas. Yeah. Actually, wasn't one of them sadly attacked by a tiger? Am I making this up now in my head? Oh, God. But I have in some. In real life. In real life, yeah. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe. No, I but think there's something in my I brain. Think, but I don't. Th- I think the guys in The Simpsons were were parodies. Yes, right. of those kinds of guys. I think. Gotcha. Uh, but I think Anastasia. <laughs> I think every time I hear Anastasia, that's what I think of. Well, let Actually, us know. I'm going to a magic show tonight. I thought you were going to say I'm going to Las Vegas. No, well, the difference is a show called Siegfried and Roy. Sorry, they were the two lads. Yes. Yes. Well, well I was attacked by a tiger. I think so. Yeah. Anyway, go on. You're going to a magic show. Where? Uh, in Board Gosh. And the oh show God. is called When Magic Goes Wrong. So it's like, you know, Penn and Teller. Yeah. Those famous, they're in it. So it's their, their yeah. show. Um, so it's a magic show, except with a twist in that everything keeps going wrong. Oh, my God. I guess God. accidentally on purpose. That sounds amazing. Uh, but it's, I haven't seen, I've only seen trailers and stuff of it. So okay. I'm really excited about going to the show and bringing all the... The family tonight to the board. Gosh, so I'll let you know how Dude, it goes tomorrow. That's intriguing, actually. Yeah, uh, yeah, because I just, I suppose regular magic doesn't do a huge amount for me. You know, someone being sawed in half, or like ooh, ah. <laughs> but I like the idea of chaos being thrown into it. <laughs> yeah, things going wrong yeah, is always reminds, always entertaining. Reminds me of this show. And um, speaking of things going wrong, the other day I found myself and my wife sitting down, and we both looked at each other and went, "Are we really doing this?" And we were doing this. We watched a full episode. Of Antiques Roadshow. <laughs> now, 
That says a lot about our age. It says a lot about our Sundays. But we just couldn't turn it off. We turned it on. It kind of came on. I think some, we were watching something else beforehand. It came on and we sat there and about three quarters of the way through, she went, we're watching a full episode of Antiques Rush. And I was like, do you want me to turn it off? No. <laughs> so It's a good show. It is a good show. It is a good show. Um, I mean, obviously you're waiting for the big one. You know, yeah. I'd have to value these at 10 million pounds. <laughs> oh my God, I got them at a cake sale. Um, but I bet you as well, it was sunny. It, what, you know, not only was it sunny, it was sunny and it was in... Belfast. It was absolutely gorgeous. We should just, if you want good weather, follow the crew of Antiques Roadshow around because it's never raining on that place. Right. It's always like really tanned English people somewhere down near Folkestone. Yeah. Um, just all enjoying <laughs> constant sunshine. Well, they got it in Belfast for this particular Antiques Roadshow. We have a listener on the line. Her name is Paula Lopez Gray. And uh, she has got something in her possession which you may find interesting. Hello, Paula. Hello. So, what buried treasure did you find? Well, I'm not sure how much treasure it is, but it's a little bit of a mystery. My daughter found inside an ornamental vase type thing that came from my parents' house an empty Sam Spuds cheese and onion thicker crinkled crisp packet. <laughs> that is treasure. What a treasure. That's, uh, that's Irish oh. crisp folklore right there. Litter, effectively, is what you found. <laughs> yes, exactly. Somebody was too lazy to get it up and put it in the bin. Well, if, uh, let's explain Sam Spuds as a concept to people who may uh, not be familiar with it. So it was a make of crisp, and uh, they were famous for having crinkled crisps. This was early in the crinkled crisps phenomenon. Yes. Pretty hunky-dory, yeah. Yeah, and they were lovely. And their mascot was a guy called Sam Spuds. And as we know, all children love throwbacks to film noir <laughs> and uh, 1930s detective movies. So um, Sam Spuds was the man who had the job of getting people to buy the crisps. And he always had catchy phrases. And I can see by the picture of the one that you sent in to us, he says... Here's crunching, you big, great, beautiful mouthful. Wow. <laughs> as catchy as it gets. Yeah. Uh, the no Milky grammar. Bars are on me. No, no, no. Let's go much longer and more complex and use really big yeah. words for children. And forget grammar. Doesn't, yeah. make, doesn't matter. So, so, hang on. So, okay. So, one of your kids found this inside a vase that came from your parents' house. So, yes. have you any idea of the age of the vase? Like, how long well, no, was that? The, no, the vase has been around for donkeys. Gotcha. Um, but the back of the packet, it does say best before, but it's gone. Whether oh. there was ever anything there, I don't know. Mm, it was the 80s, there, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> but you know what this sounds like, Paula? This sounds like if it was in a vase, it sounds like you probably ate them as a child and then stuffed I'm the evidence sure. into I'm a vase. Sure. It was one of us. <laughs> how many kids were there in your house? There was four of us. And do you have kind of recollections of Sam Spud's eating contests or anything like that? No, not particularly. Right. Mm. But my, my little bit of investigation on the packet, on the back of the packet, there's a phone number. So there's a, a Donegal address, but a, a Dublin phone number, but it's only got six digits. So it, it, when did we move to seven digits? Yes. I remember mm. all Pormarnock numbers mm-hmm. were four, six, and then all of a sudden it was eight, four, six. Oh, oh my whoa. God. Could they? Which I think was late 80s. I'm not, yeah, I'm, I think it was. Mm. And uh, like I know for a fact, like my brother loves salt and vinegar. He, his salt yeah. and vinegar potatoes is his crisp. 
Like, surely, do you know of any of your brothers and sisters who would have loved, like, cheese and onion, which these were? And, like, we would all have been cheese and onion. <laughs> oh, right, okay. okay. So it's, <laughs> it doesn't narrow it down. Dur- oh. Dermot's Miss Marple efforts there, <laughs> unfortunately, haven't narrowed the field anymore. <laughs> you can't go around licking their fingers, hoping that the remnants of some salt and vinegar or something are no. still there now. So, I, I suppose, is it the criminal you're looking for, uh, No, Paula? I'm actually, my daughter said to me, how old do you think it is? Ah, how old, and, right. Yes. We're trying to carbon date the Sam Spuds packet. Mm. And there's nothing There's nothing online. I mean, I, I immediately said to her, as I do with all her questions, I'll Google it. And, <laughs> <laughs> and I couldn't find anything. I could find images of the packet, but I couldn't find when Sam Spuds stopped production. Okay. Or, and you said it was a Donegal address. So was Sam Spuds a Donegal produced crisp. I mean, I don't know. This is why we're talking about national radio. I have a vague radio. memory of them being made north of Dublin. Right, okay. So, uh, like, to anyone who's listening now, who may be of a certain vintage and remember some Sam Spuds info, were they made in Donegal? When were they made? And if you go to Today FM's Twitter account, you can see the picture that Paula has sent us of the Sam Spuds packet, because that might be able to give you an idea as to what era of Sam Spuds marketing it was when they had catchphrases like, here's crunching you, you great big beautiful mouthful. <laughs> I must send you a picture of the back of it because it's a cartoon on it, which I actually just don't understand. Oh, brilliant. Do that as well, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'll send it to you. Um, of Sam Spuds in the desert with a cactus with sunglasses on. <laughs> Amazing. That sounds great. Okay, so we're trying to basically date the Sam Spuds packet for your daughter's um, interest is what we're trying to do. Yeah. Pretty much. Gotcha. Yeah. Gotcha. Yeah. There's a bang yeah. of 80s off it, but hopefully we can get the exact year by some Sam Spuds aficionado. That would be great. I'm sure is out there somewhere. 0874100102. Paula, thank you so much for thinking of us as soon as you discovered something like this. You knew the place to go exactly. was Dermot and Dave. Exactly. Thank you so much, guys. Love it, Paula. Thanks, Emil. Bye. 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 Okay, we're caught in a kind of a Wagatha Christie mystery of our own. Paula was on to us from Sandyford in Dublin. She has found a packet of Sam Spuds crisps. And I mean, these are definitely like 20, 30 something years old. We don't know. That's we're trying to figure out. They're cheese and onion. They're thicker crinkled crisps. They're in a vase in her parents' house. That they just found, and uh, it kind of gets it kind of gets madder the further you go, right? So on the back of the packet, it says Irish Snack Foods Limited, Dairy Bag Industrial Estate, Dairy Bag County Donegal. Fine, but the phone number to contact them is o one five two zero zero one one. So that's a Dublin phone number for a Donegal company. What? Maybe they had an office in Dublin. That's not. It's not that outrageous. Well, why would it have the? Why not? Would it not have the? What? Why would it not have the address then? <laughs> it is the address of the other, the Donegal thing. It's just one guy in a little room with a phone. That's all he had. Weirder waiting is waiting for someone to ring about Christmas. <laughs> Weirder is the uh, cartoon on the back that Paula told us about. Mm. It says it's that thirties detective guy again, and he says, "Well, <laughs> Sam Spuds is the name." He says, I chased Augustus across the desert, then I lost him, and beside him is a cactus with sunglasses on. And then there's the best before panel with nothing in it. And then below that, the the cactus has now turned into Augustus, I presume, who says, I prickle all over when I think of Sam Spuds. Yeah, you see, there was this an ongoing thing. It's like the Hamburglar and Ronald McDonald. So Sam Spuds was the detective. His mortal enemy was Augustus, who was constantly trying to steal the Sam Spuds. 
So, so he disguised himself as a cactus. Come on, Dave. I mean, what, what's not to understand here? Phil says, I, <laughs> Phil says, I get the crispy. <laughs> yes, I get the crispy. A lot of guests is coming in on Twitter as to about the year. A lot of mm. people are going for early 80s. We're like, we have 83, 84, 85. Okay, but hang on. Anne-Marie in Galway says, we moved house in Dublin in June 1989 and our number was still six digits at that stage. So maybe it has to be post-1989. No, it, pre. Pre, sorry, pre-1989. Yes. Yeah. yes. So, okay, we've narrowed it down to the 80s because of the phone numbers. Okay. Uh, maybe there's someone still around who used to work in Sam Spuds who would remember that packaging. Maybe there's a Donegalite who's sitting there misty-eyed about the days of watching the potatoes go into the slicer. <laughs> <laughs> the, the Sam Spuds smoky bacon were like head and shoulders above every other crisp at the time. Somebody says that. So I suppose love these. Reminds me of secondary school in the 80s. The smoky bacon ones were yummy. And someone else asks, is there a barcode on the packet? No, this is pre-barcodes. Maybe that can also date it for us. Definitely pre-barcodes. Uh, Ronnie on Twitter says, made in Guidor County, Donegal. Half the parish seemed to work in the crisp factory at some stage. Uh, also for a couple of years, they were made in Glasgow. Oh, Interesting. And Dan says, there was a point in the 80s when the best befores came in on Tato's and mm. Sanspo's and all whatever. So that if it has best before, it was beyond that. Obviously, he said before that, it was a lottery as to whether something was edible or not. <laughs> you just had to take I a do, risk and go I, for it. I do remember that. I remember like you'd pull into a shop that you would never normally go to. Maybe you were going to your ho- on your holidays mm. or something. And you'd think, oh, there hasn't been many people in here. You go in for a chalk ice or something and you you probably wouldn't buy the crisps because you just knew. They were soft. You knew if you picked up the packet that there was some level of sort of um, degrading in the plastic. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? <laughs> I do. If actually, a packet of crisps would be there too long. I verbalise it, but yeah. It's, almost, it's like it gets just slightly sweaty or something <laughs> and you're like, those crisps are stale. <laughs> Gone out her fad. Any uh, further uh, <laughs> opinions on the age of the Sam Spuds packet, which you can see up on Twitter at Today FM? Go there and have a look at it and give us your opinion. 087 4100 102. We are trying to solve a little bit of a mystery here. It's actually been dubbed Agatha Crispy uh, because we're trying to get to the bottom of the age of a packet of Sam Spuds crisps that Paula found in Sandyford in her parents' house, in, or in a vase that came from her parents' house. So it would have been there for a long time. Uh, somebody eventually fit their hand inside the vase and pulled out a packet of crisps. Maria's been doing some research in terms of barcodes. There's no barcode in the back of this packet. So barcodes, the first ever barcode scanned on food. It was Wrigley's Chewing Gum in Ohio in 1974. 74, wow. And the UK, I think, started using them in 79. I can't find anything on when Ireland used them. Okay, but it would have, we would have been following the UK, I'm guessing. So it would have been after the later. 80s. So maybe in the early 80s. Although somebody just says, Damo and Wicklow says, hashtag Agatha Crispy. Given the lack of barcode and the incomplete best before in the packet, it might even be that it's from a multi-pack thrifty 1980 yeah. shopping for the family. I did think that, multi-pack. But then would it not say not to be sold separately? Did that come later? Who knows? Yeah, but they didn't. They trusted us back then. <laughs> <laughs> and we ruined it. Yeah. <laughs> um, my father was a service engineer way back in the 80s who looked after forklifts. I remember often he'd come home from working somewhere in Donegal with boxes of crisps they gave him. <gasps> they must have been Sam Spuds. And we got some voice notes in as well on 087 102 Ski was on to us. Morning, lads. I don't really remember what year Sam Spuds came out. I do remember it. And I remember Frank Carson. Do you remember... It's the way I tell him. He used to do the ads for him. I think he used to be like in a trench coat with the turby cap on him. And he'd be like, here's looking at you, kid. 
That's the way I tell him. The original bad joke merchant, Frank Carson. That's the way I tell him. <laughs> I learned a lot from you, Frank. Uh, Paula was on to us too. Hi, Dermot and Dave. I remember eating Sam Spuds in the late 70s, early 80s. Uh, I would have been in primary school then, and they were absolutely amazing. Do you know what I just thought there? It sounded like Paula was playing Ian Dempsey's waffle, and she got one of the answers right. Eating Sam Spuds in the late 70s, early 80s. <laughs> late 70s is correct. Four more to go. Uh, Blonnet says, my year off college was 90 to 91. I worked in the industrial estate in Bunbeg. We always knew which crisps the Sam Spuds factory was making that day because it would waft in the windows. Oh, wow. We all got very fat indulging the crisp <laughs> cravings. And they also made burger bites. Well, Angie Donegal says, do you remember they used to make a tomato sauce flavoured crisp? Sam Spuds. I do remember that. And it literally tasted like tomato <laughs> sauce. You can imagine how delicious that was. Well, look, have you got something in your house? Maybe it's an old crisp packet, but maybe you've got something else, a little bit more valuable than that. Well, our favourite no-nonsense antiques expert, Rody Keery from RJ Keery Antiques in Waterford, will be joining us once again on the show tomorrow to tell you whether your bits and bobs are collectibles, or as he likes to put it, rubbish. You can email your photos now of those things you have lying around the gaff that you're wondering are they worth anything to Dermot and Dave at todayfm.com and tune in tomorrow to hear Rody's advice. Decided to play this song in honour of my favourite ever crisps, salt and vinegar discos. Ooh, Ooh. powerful salt and vinegar They flavor. got into the little cuts on the side of your mouth. Forget about it. <laughs> Open Disco 2000 on Today FM in honour of salt and vinegar discos. Uh, although people are pointing out, do you remember salt and vinegar discos used to come with a packet of more salt and vinegar flavour inside the packet That's to make right. it extra tangy if it wasn't already slicing the mouth off you? Do you remember we had a message from Blonnet a few minutes ago who said that she used to smell the flavour of yes. the Sam Spuds coming through the window of the factory she was in next door to the Sam Spuds mm -hmm. and then they all got really fat indulging in their crisp cravings. Yeah. She has now sent another message to say, I've just realised the irony. I was working in the Slender Tone factory. This <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> other one says, Ask Paul Heaton from the beautiful South as he randomly collects old crisp packets. Saw something really cool yesterday about Paul Heaton. <coughs> Heaton excuse me. <laughs> from the beautiful South. Who, who uh, was 60 the other day, and in honour of his 60th birthday, he was doing a tour mm. all around the Ireland, Ireland, the UK, in pubs, like a pub tour. But he couldn't do it because of restrictions and recording the album, and everything got pushed. So instead, he rang every pub on his tour, original tour list, 60 of them, put money behind the bar, and said, when anyone comes in, the, the, the points are on me until the money runs out. In 60 pubs around Ireland, the UK. And he didn't even do the tour. No. What an absolute legend. Why doesn't he do the tour? I don't know. Why don't I do Beautiful South for cheese later on? Deborah, Annabelle, Philippa, Sue. Yeah, go on, do that. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were trying to solve a mystery before uh, nine o'clock there. We had Paul on to us from Dublin who found a Sam Spuds crisp packet. Before ten o'clock. Sorry, just... yes, before ten o'clock, sorry. <laughs> it's uh, Ian Dempsey's show. You can't be having that hour as well, Dave. <laughs> uh, she's trying to date it. So if you go to At Today FM on Twitter... And see if you can have a go at maybe telling us what date you think it is. We're trying to use kind of our powers of deduction to work it out. There's no barcode. There's a best before panel, but there's no date on it. We need someone who was working in the Sam Spuds factory up in Donegal in the yeah. 80s to, to date it for us properly. Uh, you can see the picture on todayfm.com as well.
Someone does say their dad worked for Sam's Buzz. This packet was about the early 80s. I'd say 83, 84. I ate boxes of them as we'd free supply all the time. The crisps were packaged in Donegal and the head office was in Dublin. So, I don't know, we're still kind of, we're, we're, we're still around the, we definitely think it's early 80s, but we just don't know the exact year we're trying to get well, it down. maybe that style of packet was on sale for two or three years. But that catchphrase on the front, here's whatever it was. Something here's crunching you, you big great mouthful, big, beautiful mouthful. Uh, surely that only ran for a short period of time. <laughs> Whoever came up with it was fired. <laughs> the story today FM. We're rooting around for Ireland's best stories today, given to us by a friend of the show, one of the funniest men in the Irish comedy scene, originally an Aussie, very much an adopted Irishman, Damo Clark. How are you? Morning, Dermot. Morning, Dave. Hey, buddy. Always a pleasure, lads. Yeah. The computer, the everything's very bright. Oh, our studio. Yeah, yeah. We're just trying to make sure our guests could walk out of here kind of slightly blinded. Yeah. Yeah. Because, uh, you know, it's usually like egg cartons and dark. You know? <laughs> usually in a shed somewhere. But you brush into town today yeah. for something fancy. Um, how's everything in the world of comedy now that everything's kind of opened back up again? Do you feel like it's beginning to kind of be like it was before we locked everything down? Or have things yeah. fundamentally changed? Yeah, like, uh, do you know what? It's funny because, you know, when if you're up the front of a comedy club, you know, no one wants to sit there, but uh, people do and it's mm. good. You know, sometimes you go... And it, you see tiny droplets like heading to the front row. Oh, right, yeah. This is normal. You wouldn't mm. even thought twice about it three years not. ago and earlier. What about you? Like, yeah, if you're a rock band, you're like, spit on <laughs> But like, you know, say the end of last year, if you went like, oh, and then I went and got some petrol, and then people like, oh, they, they dodge like the Matrix. <laughs> Neo down the front, leaning back in their chair. <laughs> but recently, like, you're just like, and all and over the place. fine. Ah, splashing in their face. Okay. okay. <laughs> no, no, <laughs> now that's very, like obviously I'm exaggerating yeah, sure, but sure. people people aren't they don't seem to give the side eye anymore if mm. someone's doing anything different or brushing past them with pints okay and have whatever. people of the comedians moved on from COVID material like are, are yeah. people sick of hearing the old COVID routine or can you still get some mileage out of it yeah and it went very quickly from tiny droplets being the enemy of the world to nuclear weapons oh, so like yeah, yeah. the tiniest little thing airborne to <laughs> the whole world explode and so it went from well, it went from like a viral to the World War 3 yeah. very you're, quickly your comedy I love it's, it's quite observational but it's also about you a lot of time and your life and that's one thing that I love and you, your experiences but do you feel a kind of an urge to be politically topical then do you feel like I better I wonder will I do something on a war or a football match or a whatever's happening in the global scenario as opposed to I was walking in the street and yeah maybe you start with you and mm. then it might end up being oh because okay. because this is going on you can't do that anymore right. Right. Yeah, yeah, you yeah, can yeah. do it that way but I, I, I won't be like because Things will affect all of us, but you are, you might not start with that. You know, you start you with what you it. know. Yeah, you might start with what you know, or it just comes up. You yeah. know, it might, it'll just it'll just come up. So yeah. you try and do it naturally, not like I have to talk about this because unless you can feel tension in the room, like you guys know this when you're in, when you're performing live. You know, if there's like some, an elephant that you need to point <laughs> yeah, at, yeah, absolutely. So you'll do that. But Dermot then, in a skirt usually. It's just yeah, standard yeah, stuff for yeah, us. Yeah. Yeah. My, I was thinking of the smoke alarm going off in the Longford <laughs> Hotel. We didn't have to point which, that one out, <laughs> which is definitely the very noisy elephant in the room. We had to address that one. Uh, but Damo, have you got a story for us today? For what's the story? 
Oh, funny enough, yeah, coming out of um, the lockdowns, you know, we, we, we didn't have enough communicating with everybody as mm. we used to. So uh, I'll just tell this rule. It was a real small moment, but it was very awkward. And it was a sign of like, I've been hanging out with my family, locked down for too mm. long, right? Months, months, months. So it was just my wife and child, five-year-old kid and wife Sandra from Dublin. And it was just, you know, when you're talking with your family, you talk different than, say, you would now. You use yourself in third person. Like, it does sound gross, but he's like, oh, go tell mama or dada, mama, a lot of mama, dada. And, um, oh, yeah, and there's occasionally your voice goes up. Look at the little baby. I don't know know why when things are cute, your voice goes up. Yeah, absolutely. You know, babies, puppies. The little pins out of my nose are so cute. They're tiny. Look at the little pins. I wonder how voices go up. I don't know. You'd have strangers going up to prams, leaning into the buggy and go, Lose this little girl. You would, they wouldn't have even looked at the parent in the eye. Why do the voices automatically go up? That is weird. But they're not as weird as if your voice went down. That would be weirder. Hey, look at this little baby. Look at this little baby. Look at that little baby's tootsies. Yeah, that would be, that'd be weirder. Yeah, yeah. So not to that extent, but then um, it was my turn, you know, with a, with a five-year-old and he was like three turning four during lockdown so we were like uh, we had took turns of like just some fresh air go for a walk one of us would go for a walk it was my turn Sandra was like oh I'll play with him here you go you go for a walk get a coffee I was like yeah that's what we want as an adult have a have a, a quiet tea or coffee and just a bit of silence just just five minutes that's all you sure. need to reset I was like cool go get a takeaway coffee because that's all we could do at the time yeah, like the cafes where they just operate through a little hatch in the wall or go there and I hadn't talked to another adult in months <laughs> at this stage <laughs> that wasn't over a computer screen so this is what I said to another, there was a guy and a girl working in this cafe through the Perspex and uh, oh, I was just cringy. I just went up and I was like, oh, hi. You can guess by looking at me what I ordered because I'm wearing a baseball cap and uh, I have a beard. I asked for an oat flat white. <laughs> Most of the time, if I'm in a cafe, they just point at me and go, oat flat white? You're like, how'd you guess it? Okay. I'm Australian flat white. Yes. So they go, yeah. I've, so I said, oh, fly wide, please. And then I said this, right? <laughs> they both look at me with their little masks on, their beady eyes looking out, and I go, oh, and a, uh, I'll get a brownie as well. A little treat for Dada. <laughs> <laughs> there was no sign of a kid near me, no families anywhere. The street was empty. I even winked, little treat for Dada. Wink, you know what I mean? Dada wants a treatsy. <laughs> I needed to use the toilet as well because our uh, toilet at home was a mess. Thank God I didn't ask. Oh, can I go around the side and use your toilet? Dada, one pee-pee. <laughs> Can Daddy go pee pee? Can Daddy go poop poop while I wait for my brownie? Can Daddy do brownie while I wait for and there's nowhere else to sit. You can't sit inside, obviously. So the only place that was a bench facing the cafe across the road. I could see them both peering out going, Dada's still out there. Dada's still... Dada's still peeking out. They probably called the guards. Lucky I didn't stay too long. Like, we've got Dada. Dada, put the brownie down. Dada. Put the brownie and the coffee on the ground. Move away from the coffee and the brownie. Dada. We've restrained Dada. We've, yeah, it was, it was horrible. <laughs> Damo, that's uh, brilliant. Thanks so much. Damo Clark, you can catch him all across <laughs> Dublin performing every week. Crack Den Comedy Club, you can find him there. Six nights a week, they have live comedy. Uh, so uh, he also has the podcast Crack Den Comedy Club, uh, where the episodes feature clips from the acts performing at the club. So it's Amazing. a really nice introduction to live stand-up, which is back with a bang, thanks to Damo Clark and uh, all the great work he's doing. Thanks, Damo. Thanks, Damo. Thanks, Damo. Thanks, Bye. The story. Today FM. Thanks, Oh. Oh my back. Sorry, did you just pull your back by talking? <laughs> <laughs> I was leaning a certain way and then I just stood up, leaned into the microphone and was like, 
We're so old. <laughs> Dave's world. Dave's world. If we don't let him do it, he gets ratty. Bad jokes edition. Thank you to everybody who sent me in bad jokes this week. Barry says, apparently, I was talking in my sleep last night. First I shouted, uh, I like them poached. And then I said, no, I want them fried. <laughs> <laughs> I went from one extreme to another. Uh, <laughs> you should have just left it after <laughs> to another. It's funny at the start. <laughs> Andrew says, I'm running a Beatles pun contest and I've gotten Paul McCartney to hey judicate it. DJ Paul says Just broke two of my dad's Queen albums Now I want to break three Lee says I went to a haunted French bed and breakfast I left the place It gave me the crepes (laughs) (laughs) Murphogram's got some life advice for you He says I once shoplifted Baby biscuits In Centra May sound dangerous, living on the edge, but life's all about taking rusks. <laughs> <laughs> taking rusks. I like an old Farley's rusk. Yeah? Yeah, tasty. See if you can guess this one, Dermot. Steven says, what did Darth Vader say when the record shop told him they had sold out of all of their George Michael albums? Don't know. <sighs> I find your lack of faith disturbing. <laughs> <laughs> Get a call, Star Wars no. jokes. No, no, no. Also, Faith was a George Michael album, and he said that line no. in the Star Wars movie. Literally, literally, no point. Right. <laughs> Nick says this hypnotist managed to convince me that I'm a soft, malleable metal with an atomic number of eighty-two. I'm easily led. <laughs> so dad today, aren't they? <laughs> it's his laugh. C. Mazza says one. Denial. Two, anger. <laughs> Three, bargaining. Four, depression. Five, acceptance. The five stages of buying petrol. <laughs> <laughs> Polly says David Hasselhoff has started referring to himself as Hoff. It's just less hassle. <laughs> <laughs> Sheila says I went to the doctor And he said You've got hypochondria And I went Oh no Not that as well (laughs) Eddie G says Very nearly got the job As Keanu Reeves Stunt double In the Matrix Safe to say I dodged a bullet there (laughs) A chap called Dave says Well Dave Maybe you can help me I've been asked to help Coach my son's football team I go down every week but they just tell me to stand on the sideline and shout things like 115 and 2 teen. I think I'm just there to make up the numbers. <laughs> Couple of IKEA jokes for you now. Coffee's filter says just spent six hours in A and E. Fell off the roof of IKEA and got wedged in the sign. <laughs> Did you get it? No. no. Six hours in A and E. The A and the E at the end of the Ikea sign. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Paul says, just got a wardrobe delivered from Ikea. Not a single bracket, hinge, screw, or dowel in the box. Seriously, you couldn't make it up. Oh. (laughs) (laughs) Finally, Laura says, as one door closes, 
another one opens. It's all well and good, but until you fix it, I'm not buying the car. Pamela <laughs> <laughs> Joyce has joined us after her Lorene Euphoria bop. It's hard work. Got her breath back. Uh, although you've gone from dancing uh, like a maniac in the studio to... Um, motherhood. Motherhood, yes. <laughs> so, Carl, if you don't know, there's a new segment of the show called... Well, actually, we'll just play the music. called Challenge Cahill where we set Cahill challenges and his first major challenge although we've already set him a few without having an actual music bed <laughs> um, is to be a dad uh, there are there are babies you can get training babies that Pamela Joyce is now cradling uh, and Cahill picked his up yesterday mm. she at 10 o'clock this morning she made a noise because that was when the person who controls her from afar turned her on Oh, so she went. And we all went. Oh my God, the baby's alive! <laughs> yeah, not too loud. I've been trying oh, yeah. to wake up the baby. Wake up, baby! <laughs> oh, God. That's funny. I lifted her up and she exhaled. Oh, she yeah. exhaled. It was really scary. Yeah, she breathes. Come on, Kylie. Yeah, that's sorry. We should say her name is Kylie Minogue. Yes, Kylie Minogue. Kylie yeah. Minogue. Yeah. Come on. Uh, okay, let's go really quiet and see if we can get the sound of the baby breathing on on the mic. Oh. Do, we can just hear rubbing microphone. <laughs> do it do it again. There. Yeah. You, that? yeah. sounds, <laughs> you know what it sounds like? It sounds like a disappointed sigh. Is yeah. what it like, it's like, <sighs> I'm gonna hand her back to Carl now and, and judge his baby holding. Okay, technique. yeah, because Pamela, as we already know, we've covered it this week, is anti of the year. So she's obviously been cradling her nieces uh, for a long Oh she's her headphones. Mind she's her really her with headphone <laughs> Carl, mind her head. Yeah, I know. Head. A pretty okay. little pink pretty bow good. around the baby's head. She's gorgeous. Now, Cahill, how did you travel to work today? He's holding her like a lump of ham, to be honest. <laughs> <laughs> it, just, it doesn't feel right. How did you travel to work today? Uh, I walked in. And did you just carry the baby on your front? Yeah, so I had um, a sling that I couldn't actually put on properly. Right. Oh, yeah, so, they're, they're horrible. And I also on. have this... Um, this hat. So, <laughs> yeah, that's the word you're looking for, Carl. I was going to say an Aussie hat or something. Yeah. It's, it's like uh, a sun hat. hat. Anyone hat. remembers Manny from the Stone Roses. Yeah. It's yeah. one of those. Because you've got to protect Kylie from too harsh sunlight. Yeah, so I walked in this morning, put the hat over Kylie's head and kind of wrapped her in the sling so I didn't look like I was holding a non-real baby. Right. Uh, but it didn't really work and everyone that was walking against me was just having a double take at 7 o'clock this morning as I was walking down Harcourt Street <laughs> he's like he's out with his dolly <laughs> so I won't be doing that tomorrow so tonight because Kylie has been switched on now yes. tonight you're going to have to do what new parents do you're going to have to wake up several times to change nappies to feed to burp all this stuff has to happen so tomorrow but then you got to focus on the baby <laughs> <laughs> Tune in. Do not miss tomorrow's show when we get Kyle's first uh, report back after his overnight. And then by the end of the week on Friday, uh, we're going to get a report back from the people who monitor the baby, and Kyle's going to get a score. Will he pass? Will he fail? Will he excel? He's, he's doing okay. I um, think. Yeah. Like, what do you think? You know Kyle well. Do you think he has it in him at this point in his life to be a father? I think he has. I just think he's. He will second guess himself too much. Right. Yeah. But I think if you back yourself, sir... It's the first few flight. cries is what I'm nervous about because yeah. I won't know why she's crying and I'll have to feed, change, <laughs> wind and rock yeah. until she stops crying. 
So that's a bit of a lottery. <laughs> how, did you, how did you figure out back in the day? That's uh, just that's, it. Uh, yeah, you don't know. You just keep winding, yeah. changing, feeding. Uh, don't worry, your wife will know. <laughs> you haven't got one of them we yet. Just, we just keep guessing. We get one of them. Yeah. I'll keep smiling, Colin. Challenge, challenge, Colin, challenge, challenge, Colin, challenge, challenge, Colin, challenge, challenge, Colin. Challenge, challenge, Colin. <laughs> Well, ah. when you say we're happy, you mean me and you, oh, Dave. Oh, absolutely. Only you mean Carl, us, yeah. Carl's not so happy because uh, Challenge Carl, he's been proving himself over the last couple of months in terms of rising to the challenge. We yeah. had him on Patrick's Day. He was in the Coot Hill Parade. Well, he's up for it. So we thought, not only does he deserve his new segment, let's kick it off by giving Carl the experience of being a father. Carl is not yet a father. I mean, maybe someday will. Maybe someday he won't. But not after this experience. <laughs> I am wrecked. So, uh, Orla from St. Andrew's Resource Centre on Pier Street in Dublin gave you one of these training babies. And they tend to give yeah. these to teenagers to show them the realities of having a child. Mm-hmm. So, you're, you know, you're late 20s, mid 20s, mid to late 20s, Carl. Late 20s, yeah. <laughs> it's okay. And uh, so you are getting a sense of what it's like to be a dad. So this baby... I mean, it it looks super realistic. It cries. In fact, we have a sound of it crying. Well, this is we? the thing. I, I actually was surprised. I I didn't know how loud or how realistic <laughs> the baby's cries would be. But listen to this. This is what Carl was faced with all day yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> Any horrendous. new parent around the world is like, yeah, yeah, Carl, that's what, that's what they do. So presumably yeah. the baby cries for lots of different reasons that you are now very quickly and steeply learning. Yeah, so there, I think there are like four different reasons why it could cry. So it wants to be fed, mm-hmm. the nappy needs to be changed, it needs to be winded, and it just wants to be rocked. Okay. You so, fe- you're feeding the baby so, right so now. So literally when the news went on there at nine... The baby started crying. Okay, well, and if I we're very quiet for a minute. Maybe we so, can first of all hear the suckling sound. Okay, possibly. One second now. Um. Okay. <laughs> oh no, she's fed. She's fed. That's oh, she's that's uh, satisfaction. But now you presumably have to wind her. Yeah, but she'll have to start crying again. So uh, hopefully she doesn't until twenty past nine. <laughs> no, no, no. We want the cries. Okay, so call, call, okay, call. So you've learned now. I think over the you've had the baby for twenty three hours. Yeah. How demanding has Kylie, this is Kylie Minogue, by the way, Carl's second name is Minogue, it's Kylie Minogue. How demanding has Kylie Minogue been on your time and your attention? There are so many things that I had to think of. Uh, even the simple thing of going down to do the bins. I couldn't do the bins because the baby, I was like, what do I do with the child? My dinner went cold last night because I cooked the dinner nice and quiet, put the dinner on the table. My dinner at like 10 o'clock last night. It took me an hour to get her to sleep. Seriously, the amount of things I think of. I was late for training. You, oh, wow. That's yeah. not going to go late down Late for training because well. she wouldn't stop crying. Okay. Trying to get changed. Hang on. Where, where, where did she go when you went training? Uh, she sat, <laughs> put baby in the corner. <laughs> oh, my God. In the gym. In the gym, yeah. But uh, it was fine. I asked Orla about that. She said, that's okay. That's what did the people in the gym think of the fact that there was a fake baby in the corner? But sure. The WhatsApp group with all the lads from uh, the GA club have been taking the mickey out of me all day yesterday. They were expecting it. Okay. <laughs> okay. Well, where is she? <laughs> Anyone give you a hand? 
they did. No, no, yeah, no, no. They, la- they laughed, and now I'm definitely not the hard man that I was trying to portray on that field. <laughs> so the baby started crying about five minutes ago. You produced this special bottle for the yes. baby. You've, you've fed the baby, and now it seems quite content. Yeah, look, there's not a... She, Dermot. She. It's not, not a noise. Yeah, she. <laughs> Kylie. Kylie. I, I was getting weirdly attached at times to the child. Well, because I, I did, I heard, I heard you calling her the best girl a good few times. Yeah. Like just absentmindedly. <laughs> when so. she's quiet, she's the best girl, aren't you? You're the best girl. When she's quiet. <laughs> did you drive in with her to work today? I did. Yeah. Where did you put her? Uh, in the passenger seat. Strapped, strapped in. Strapped. Yes. Strapped, strapped in. And then she started crying when I when we landed as I was driving into the car park. She started bawling. So I was there sitting in the car at. 20 past 7 this morning feeding the child <laughs> oh, you are, and you have to put a belt on it because it does pick up on vibrations like if you flung yeah. it across the room in frustration it will register oh yeah yeah so there's a sensor on, on the neck as well so. Carl has anything like that happened? <laughs> Carl, have you gotten frustrated with Kylie? No, I didn't get frustrated, but I was under serious pressure yesterday, right? right. Because she just wouldn't stop from six o'clock <laughs> to quarter to seven crying, and I had to go. To, I had to be in Walkinstown at seven, which is a tw- twenty-minute drive for the training. Yes, for the training. So I was trying to get changed, and all this was happening, and really getting stressed because just I didn't know why the baby was crying. Yeah. And I was rocking her and rocking her and... Uh, Trying to get your gear on at the same time. Yes, yes. And just had a bit of a tumble with my... Uh, <laughs> I was getting my shorts on. <laughs> and the baby's head did knock back a bit. And the screams were ferocious. <laughs> so I do think that's going to be a red mark on Friday when we get our results. <laughs> okay, okay. Yeah, don't okay. forget, on Friday, uh, all these scores are being totted up as the week goes by remotely. And then, Carl, we'll get a score as to yeah. just how good a father he so is. So definitely the worst thing and, the, and the, mo- the biggest fear I had was the sleeping last night. Mm. So... Uh, it, 8 o'clock when I, when I came home from training the baby started crying again and uh, Claire my missus said you are staying out in this, on the pull out couch oh so didn't immediately even, relegated yeah and okay. not even not even chancing it and uh, baby didn't fall asleep till like half 11 quarter to 12 not good for me and my uh, recovery on my uh, on your whoop, <laughs> on my whoop fitness tracker yeah yeah. and then woke up at 3 o'clock till 4 crying making that noise again and then woke up at about quarter to six. But at that stage, I was just ready. I was ready to get around. <laughs> so, 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 so you got sleep around midnight. You were woken around three yeah. for an hour, and then up again at around six. Yeah, and I'm not properly sleeping because I'm so I've so the fear that I'm not hearing her cry. So and we both of us lying down on the pull-out couch, and me kind of like, yes, Carl. New parents lie there in their bed when they have a tiny window of sleep, and they go, "Is my child breathing? Is that what's that noise? Is that okay?" Yeah. I should be asleep, but I can't sleep because I'm so stressed. This is what happens, <laughs> new so parents. Stressful. Go. Woke up this morning so stressed. <laughs> Can we not just hand hand her back now? No, Carl. You have got your child until. Listen, you're so lucky. You got her yesterday, day before yesterday. She turned was switched on yesterday morning at ten. And you only have her until Friday. Like, there's new parents all around Ireland going, you lucky thing. Well, I am <laughs> such Don't a, get to hand them back no, after a few yeah, days. I have such not. a newfound respect for mammies and daddies around the, the Yeah, country. somebody says, welcome to my world, Carl. Ha, 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 ha. I hope Carl knows you don't put cider in a baby's bottle, no matter how unsettled she is. <laughs> <laughs> tempting, I and was tempted. Vinny says that he's uh, delighted that you straight away got the baby Kylie registered for the casual cool camps in July. <laughs> yeah, she's got to start early with the camogie. Yes, of course. Yeah. Uh, if you've got any tips for our call uh, in his week of fatherhood, you can uh, send them in to us 087 102 Just smile, Cahill. She's very quiet now. You do uh, a good job. You yeah. are. I can't believe she's quiet now. <laughs> the minute she comes home. <laughs> <laughs>
<laughs> Lily Allen and Smile, Dermot and Dave, and Cahal, and Kylie, on Today FM. Put her into Noni's pram there. She'll yeah. get a good kip. Good idea. Our Cahal has been a dad for almost 24 hours to pretend baby Kylie. And he's doing great. Your guys are offering him lots of advice in on 087-4100-102. Carl, uh, your baby story has me in kinks. I can hear the frustration, but also your care for Kylie. Keep her lit, boy, says Noreen and Leitrim. Mm, poor Carl, says somebody. He's not getting any of the good bits, like snuggles. And well, it's just snuggles at that stage. It is, but they do count for a lot, though, the little snuggles and the cuteness. Like, for example, Dave sent us a message. He says, a tired Dave in Kildare sent this. I feel for Carl. My 10-week-old cried yesterday evening on and off for a few hours. I was so tired and frustrated, my wife just took her and drove around for 30 minutes to relax her. My poor wife was up then until 2.30 a.m. trying to get her to sleep. Baby woke at half six, all smiles. So this morning, all is forgiven with her. <laughs> That's the thing. It releases those chemicals in you. You yeah. can't help but forgive the baby and forget all about those terrible days. In fairness, a parent with a child that old, will they not be on leave from work? It's a bit unfair he has to do his day job. Yes. <laughs> Thank you. I think that came in from Cahill himself. Yeah, there are plenty of fathers and mothers who are in work and have to look after babies as well. Cahill, it could be a lot worse. Try breastfeeding every two hours. Every yes. school leaver should have one of these dolls for a fortnight. Actually, I think, couldn't we get a... F- in, no, no, hang on, I'm just thinking. In Meet the Fuckers, Meet the Parents, which was the mm. sequel... Robert De Niro had a fake breast so that he could breastfeed the, the infant, his infant niece. We didn't think of that, but I think that needs to be the next step in this. No. <laughs> well, she's looking quite content in Noni's pram here in the studio. and uh, She is, and she hasn't made a sound since, so she must be, you know, as, as Carl said, she's full. I'm surprised you didn't need to wind Kylie straight away. No, usually I have to. Okay, we'll wait and see what happens. She she's not giving out, she's not giving out, you know. Just listen to her. Just enjoy it. Yeah. Sit down in front of Jeremy, yeah. Jeremy Kyle now for half an hour. <laughs> Kim, the kids are going crazy. Do you know what? I actually have to come outside into the patio because uh, I can't even hear you. How many have you got? Just two, but there might as well be 20. Right. Well, Kyle here, I don't know if you heard earlier on, has had a training baby for about 24 hours now. Kylie is her name, Kylie Minogue. And I've, been, I've been following closely on Instagram. Yeah, he can give me any tips. Well, would like. I think you, he needs tips from you. I don't think you're no, going to get anything from him. He doesn't. You don't think so? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I think he definitely doesn't need any tips from me. I can tell you that. His baby came with a few instructions. You know, the real babies, you don't get anything. They just send no. you out to the maternity hospital and say, "Best of luck with everything." Yeah, they're so cute. Off you go. Good luck with that one. Yeah. <laughs> Kim, there's a CMIM, one thousand three hundred and fifty euro. What do you think? Uh, oh God! You know, saying it out loud it sounds ridiculous, but there's a cradle on my mountain. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I know. I know. You're going to have to explain the logic here. So the whole nighttime thing with the cradle, I was like, right, okay, a cradle. What could a cradle be? So I googled M words, and then this thing came up that there's a cradle on the top of a mountain, which I never heard of anyway. So I was like, oh, maybe they're right. just thinking about this random thing. Anyway, uh, so it's like it does a- sound ridiculous, but. A geographical term, a, yeah. a mountain cradle. Actually, do I, yeah. am I going to make up something now completely? Is there something like a cradle top to a there mountain? There is. That yeah. seems to ring a bell in my ears. I don't know what the hell that is. Yeah, yeah. You could do it on your um, weird information day. I can't remember what you call it. <laughs> you know when you do facts. Dave's world. <laughs> no, I think weird information day is now going to be what we call it forever. Uh, that's so good. <laughs> 
Deprived brain. No, I do love the day. I swear. I knew what it was called. I really did. I swear. I'm so happy that weird information day is what's done. Oh, you're spot on, though, Kim. That's what exactly what it is. Oh, God. So am I right? Do I get the money? No. No, you're. you're... You know what? I didn't think so. And if it was right, I would have had you signed in because seriously. (laughs) Somebody has said there is a cradle mountain in Tasmania. So maybe okay. that's another reason why they might go together. But it is definitely not, there's a cradle on my mountain, Kim Foley. <laughs> no worries. Go back to the madness all, of the kids. We'll see you later. I'm going back inside. Please, fair. Good luck. <laughs> bye, 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 bye. John Dodd is in Dublin. Hello, John. Hi, lads. How are you? Uh, you're fixing some air con today? I am, yeah. What Do regularly goes wrong with them? Um, lack of gas. Lack people of not, gas. Yeah, people not maintaining the property. Dirty filters. Dirty condensers. Okay. Yeah. Mm. You sound like you're just like, oh, God, no one ever takes. But I'm like, how are we meant to take care of the air conditioning? Is that it's up in the ceiling? Yeah, but it's, you don't take care of it. I was just do. about to say, it's not the job of the people in, in the office. Yeah, you have to hire John Dodd to come in and make sure it's cool beans all the time. He's on a retainer. That's what you want, John. Are you stay away from it, Dermot. <laughs> I've seen the movies. I know you can crawl through the fence. It's fine. John Dodd, tell us, what is there's a C on my M? There's a clock on my microwave. There's a clock on my microwave. Yeah. No, John Dodd. Oh. No, oh, I didn't think so. Hard look. All right, cheers, lads. All right, have anyway. a good day. Bye. Oh, See you yeah, later. Bye. Bye. Bye, bye, bye. To Waterford now, we'll find Owen there. Hello, Owen. Well, hello, lads. <laughs> sure, look at Isn't that it? Owen just won a bright yellow Dermot and Dave today. FM Asher, look at Isn't that it? T-shirt. Lovely stuff now. Come on, Owen. What type of dog do you have? Uh, German Shepherd. Oh, so kind of big, beefy. What's big, his name? Big, uh, Shep. She, uh, she. What is it? Lola. 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 She was a showgirl. <laughs> and does Lola stand at your garden gate and bark at everyone who walks past? Uh, she does, yeah. She's a good old guard dog, all right? Yeah, they good are, aren't they? They're great. Actually, great. But, Once an hour, she's great. <laughs> but they're very kind dogs. Like they're, oh, they're very affectionate. They're oh, they do loads yeah. for charity. Yeah. Well, <laughs> yeah, they do. They're very kind altogether. But the films kind of depicted them as being kind of savage, but actually well, yeah. they're not. No, no, they're just seen as, uh, you know, police dogs and guard dogs and that, but I mean, they're, they're big babies, really, once you know them, you know. Mm. Once you know them. Then you're not trying to break <laughs> into the house. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then they're fine. So if I tried to break into your house, Owen, would would Lola bite me? Nah, I wouldn't say bite. I don't, oh, well, I wouldn't know. Um, I bite, I don't think, no, but she'd go bananas, all right, yeah, and you wouldn't, you wouldn't want to be coming in, I'd say. It'd be sorry, you know. Yeah, well, my, she looks fierce. My dog Lorna used to just bark at nobody except Dermot. Oh. I don't know what it was, but he would come to the house and she would go wild. It was like, oh my God, what's, what does she know that we don't know? What's her doggy sense picking up? They're very, they're very instinctive, aren't <laughs> they? They are, Owen. Owen, there's a C in my M. What do you think that is? I'm going to go for, there's a clip on my money. You're one of those guys. you got a clip on your money. No, it just popped in my head. <laughs> clip on my money. Such a, an American thing, yeah. isn't it? Yeah. A money clip. Money clip, yeah. No, Owen. Uh, we will send you the t-shirt and you can definitely put it on Lola take a picture and send it to us I will do that. <laughs> okay fair enough <laughs> thanks a million Owen cheers thanks a million bye bye bye, 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 bye. bye, bye, bye. no one has cash now to put a clip on no not no, at all have. actually and recently for some reason in our house there's been a constant kind of need for I need 20 euro for this 
you know, school tour or because they're back on now mm. or 50 euro for the swimming or what? Like all of a sudden it's been like, ah, you need to get cash. It's so weird to go to an ATM and get out cash. I know. And half the ATMs you used to go to aren't even there anymore. Yeah. Um, and I wonder, it must be, I found myself in, in cafes and restaurants a lot getting to the bill bit and I would always leave a tip. Mm. And a lot of the time, obviously I have no cash on me. But then they don't have a facility set up so that you can tip. A lot of them go along. We just can't, just can't do, do it. it. Yeah. If so you I, t- I wonder if you're if you're a waiter, or you work in the service industry, and you used to get tips. Is it really crappy now that you just don't get tips? Must be. And I wonder is there a, a gap in the technology market, Dermot? You being so tech savvy, you can possibly fill this with. You could walk <laughs> up with a tip app, and like, and so you pay with your with your phone on the normal mm. credit card machine, whatever. Then on the tip, you just go beep. And you add your couple of euro, and that could add up I during mean, the day. Buskers manage to have those little things that you can just oh, the little sum up things. Yeah, yeah. and I, I have seen you know tip one euro at at counters in cafes. You know, if you're buying coffees, you can just tap and give a tip. Give a but tip. if you're buying, if you know, if, if like you know, if you get a pizza or something, and then they get to the end, and it's like, oh, I've no money, and and then there's this awkward sort of. Oh, well, it's okay, says the waiter as they go. I guess I'm not eating this (laughs) evening then. Um, So I'd love to hear from you, actually, if you do work in, uh, in, you know, in... In cafes and restaurants and that kind of thing is is it a total bummer at the moment? Oh eight seven four one hundred one zero two. This Clyde's been in touch to say that there is a tip app already. It's an Irish company called Strike Pay. Hospital. I'll start that again. Hospitality staff, barbers, and even busters on Grafton Street use it because no one has any cash anymore. So you use Strike Pay apparently. Mm. There you go. Someone says, Dermot, Dave, most credit card machines have the function to turn on a tip function on the machine. They just need to find out how to turn it on. We have that in our cafe. I know some of them, you see, do you want to add a tip? Yeah. But most places, they just hand you the thing, you tap, and by the time you go, oh, there was no tip option, and then it's too late. All gone. and done so at that stage, yeah. Uh, we just say to add a tenner onto the bill price and pay with the card for the tip and never any problems. But I've done that as well, and people have gone, oh, well, you know, just so as you know, we don't get that tip. Mm. And then it's like, what do I, what have I got to do? <laughs> do I just get into my car and look under the seats? We'll find some change. We'll revol- uh, revolute. Yeah, you can just revolute everybody. <laughs> yeah. um, we, we, uh, Dave's World was miscalled uh, Weird Information Day there a few minutes ago by one of our callers. I'm not sure look at it in that. It's Faye's been in touch about that. Never mind Weird Information Day. That could be a completely new nickname for you. Weird Information Dave. Weird. That would work. Weird Information Dave. Anyone want to call me that from now on? Feel free. Wid. Uh, I'll tell you what I will do. I will give you a little teaser as to what Dave's World is about. I have a question for you all for Dave's World that's happening in about 45 minutes. What do you think this is, this sound? Like a rocket re-entry burn. Rocket re-entry burn. Anyone else want to throw a guess, Maria? Uh-huh. <laughs> God, just on his phone. <laughs> It's tired. like the mention of Dave's world is like, nah. <laughs> <laughs> going on. Have a guess on 087 4100 and I'll tell you in Dave's world in about 45 minutes' time exactly what it is. Say stuff, that's who's the music. Say stuff, that's who's the music. Say stuff, that's who's the music. Okay, say stuff, that's who's the music is here. It is a part of the show where Dermot Whelan, off the top of his head, is going to say stuff he thinks suit pieces of music he's never heard before that I'm about to play for him. Are you ready to go? I am ready, David. Let's do it. Hello, and you're very welcome to this historic event here at the Docklands at Belfast. 
presided over by Her Royal Highness the Queen and other members of the Royal Family as we launch the Northern Ireland Protocol into space. We don't know what else to do with it. And then there it goes. It's attached to the rocket and off it goes. Uh, but wait, wait, the Sinn Féin are now pushing the DUP into another rocket and they have now been launched into space as well. What a day. <laughs> Now, next there, uh, hiya, um, I'm just going to get a prescription filled out. What, what, so why is there a jazz band in the pharmacy? Oh, it's just, it's a new team. It's just to get, you know, get new customers, more footfall. Right. I, I need some blood thinners. I mean, you do know the piano player is smoking in here. Huh, sure, I know. They're jazz musicians. The trumpet player OD'd an hour ago. Anyway, do you want a receipt? <laughs> Simon and Garfunkel are back with a brand new track about pressure washers. <laughs> we were cleaning all the patio at high pressure settings and we blew the paintwork off our neighbor's car. Simon and Garfunkel, I'm sick of the two put that bloody hose away! Liam Neeson is back, and you've guessed it. He's playing the same part he always plays in all his movies. How you doing? I'm Liam Neeson, and I'm an old guy who just wants a break and a bit of peace and quiet. But then somebody comes along and wrecks it, and I've got to go back to my military training and kick loads of ass, even though I'm nearly 105 years old. At BMW, we're always innovating. Even if that means changing the names of our cars to something ridiculous. Try the new 5 Series fully electric wee-wee pants. Or how about the new iX fully integrated family size poo-poo nappy head. <laughs> Inspired by Simon and Garfunkel's song, Michael Jackson returns with a song also about pressure washers. In the garden, spraying on the patio down. Gonna do the windows, gonna get the bird crap off my car. Ah, hell, Michael, that's you as well. You've had me heartbroken. The water's coming over the wall. Jesus. The quick photoshoppers are out. Tony's been on Dermot and he has photoshopped. <laughs> poo. Oh, hang on, gotta zoom in. My eyes aren't good enough. Yeah, poo poo nappy head on the back of a BMW. <laughs> <laughs> it looks absolutely amazing. He says, can't wait for the reviews day. Well, of course, yeah, I'll probably end up with the poo poo nappy head uh, at some point because I get all the BMW oh, cars yeah. off them. So, yeah. so much better than the wee wee pants. I'll let you know. So much better. Uh, Love Pure Shore. Saw the movie The Beach 20 years ago. I remember not wanting to leave the cinema as the imagery of Thailand at the end of the movie credits was so beautiful. I wanted to keep that lovely feeling. Today I'm working with plants and compost. It's lovely and sunny and chilled, but a tad different than a beach in Thailand. Ah, yeah. I, sure. I remember that film was such a there was so much hype around that I think uh, well, the Irish actress Vicky Smurfett was in it right and I remember at the time she's like lads lads I, I like I have a really really small part and everyone's like Vicky Smurfett's in the beach and then of course she was, <laughs> as she was saying she was so the small in it part. very briefly uh, but I think that was, yeah I just remember there being um, just I a, don't lot, a lot of excitement I remember the story Leonardo DiCaprio's in it am I right yeah Leonardo yeah. DiCaprio goes and he joins this kind of uh, <gasps> the baby's crying. Kylie. 
Is it crying? Kylie! Is it just gurgling? Bring her up to a microphone there, Cahill. <laughs> <laughs> this is Cahill's training, baby. This is what I hear now in my nightmares. <laughs> so what do you think Kylie needs now at this point? I have to tell her I'm here first. Okay, so, the, so he puts his wristband. Oh, and you rub her chest with the wristband to comfort her. There you go, bing bong. <laughs> Just like a real baby. Yeah, she sends a notification <laughs> to her smartphone. She wants her bottle. She wants her bottle, okay. But now, I, how I, do I, you know now she wants her bottle? She's quiet now, so you can hear her drinking the bottle. She'd keep crying if it was her nappy. Yeah. She's drinking away there. You know those those breathy swallows that infants do that you're always wondering, is the cheese, is it, have I gone up too far? Is she on a three or two? <laughs> I think the, uh, maybe just uh, my story about the beach was so boring that it just, just made the baby cry. <laughs> but Fiona's is like, glad it rescued me a bit because I couldn't really remember much about the film. I'm loving the All Saints too as I'm walking along Betty's Town Beach in the sunshine, says Fiona. Thank you, Fiona. Mark Cahill is currently feeding Kylie while still doing his job in the <laughs> studio, which requires him to type, use a mouse, answer phones. He's got one hand on Kylie and one hand on his job. I think that training baby that he has for the week is extremely accurate yeah. because every time Cahill tries to make food, the baby starts crying. <laughs> yeah. And that is real life. Yeah. You sit down to have your lunch or whatever it is. and yeah! so She's getting her little bottle now. <laughs> Fair play to you, Cahill. Cahill the new dad. More challenge Cahill information tomorrow on the show. Make sure you tune in. And of course, you'll get his score uh, from um, the people who actually run the doll itself uh, by the end of the week. So make sure and you keep an eye out for that. Go to at Today FM as well because uh, any pictures or videos and stuff uh, of the baby and Cahill are all going up there. So keep an eye. Dave's world. Dave's world. If we don't let him do it, he gets ratty. Okay, so I've been asking you to try and identify this sound. See what the well, let's see what the studio says first, Dermot. Well, I thought it was some kind of space, like a re-entry burn. It sounds like a rocket coming back into Earth's atmosphere or something like that. Okay, Maria. Uh, I'm gonna go with nature. Maybe that's ants communicating with each other at some kind of a high hired frequency or something. Okay, uh, Jay says sounds exactly like when I do a barbecue. Everything's burned to a crisp. <laughs> A hot air balloon taken off, says Paula. The wife snoring, says Jim in Waterford. Uh, wind while you're on your phone, says Alma in Tipperary. And a lot of people, Dermot, are suggesting it's a vinyl record. Mm. So that uh, uh, somebody says it might be when you get to the end of the record and it's still going like this. Well, I'll tell you what, I'll play a little bit more of the same sound. This is a bit more intense. If somebody had guessed this, I would have, I would be extremely uh, both impressed and terrified that they knew this. That is the sound of the Cassini space probe. So Dermot okay. wasn't right a million miles away. Okay. But flying through the rings of Saturn. Oh, oh so it's all gravity. It's all gravity. It's all like dust and space dust and gas and whatever. And as it flies through, this is the kind of most intense bit. It does sound like standing underneath a golf umbrella when you're waiting for it to stop. <laughs> it does. Very much so. But Bucketing the, down. The reason I actually decided to play that sound was because I've been sitting on that for a while, waiting for something else to come along to kind of oh, I'll add that to the thing. The thing came out the other day. NASA have released the sound 
of a black hole. Okay. So what they did was they, uh, let me get the name of the thing right because I do have it written down here in front of me. Hang on. They, no, I didn't write it down. Okay. So they have some kind of space telescope thingy jig that looked into the, the pressure waves caused by the black hole. And then they have taken, because sound is waves, they've transformed those waves using the actual waveforms and pitched them 58 octaves up. And this is what we get with the sound of a black hole. It's kind of creepy, isn't it? Doesn't it sound a bit like like a Hans Zimmer movie score for some creepy yeah. bit in a movie? Like War of the Worlds or something. Interstellar. Yes, Interstellar, yeah. So weird. That's what an actual black hole sounds so like. So it not, like if you're there, if they didn't pitch it up, does it just sound like nothing? Does well, it it's sound like 58 octaves down, so human ears wouldn't be able to hear it, is the first thing. So and it's second just quiet all, in space. There's no sound of anything. No, this is actually, the, the, everyone has this belief that you can't, sound can't travel in space because space is a vacuum. This is accurate. Sound, sound waves need things to go through to amplify the sound, but there is so much gas and space dust and material in space that sound can absolutely travel maybe not in the way we experience it here right now on earth but it's not a silent vacuum that there is this kind of this belief out there that it absolutely just never makes any sound it's not like that it depends where you are if you were in an absolutely clear bit of space where there was nothing genuinely no gas and no dust and no material yes it would be silent because it must be bliss but if you're (laughs) if you're beside each other on a spacewalk can you go hey (laughs) Well, they, That's a good question. Nothing I, will be heard. Well, I suppose because you're on a spacewalk, you would be near material. You'd be near the space station, and there would be reverberations <laughs> and things off that. So, yeah, you probably could, and you're inside your helmet. But the minute you open the helmet to shout, you, your face would freeze, <laughs> and your eyes would pop out of your skull. All of those sort of things would happen. I will very quickly play you yeah. something I've played you before <laughs> on Weird and Weird and, and then he died. <laughs> <laughs> just to see <laughs> on weird information I did play this before this is the sound of Mars so when they put the Perseverance rover up there they put a microphone on it and said okay first thing first thing we do is listen to Mars this is what it sounds like well, it's just the wind though but that is the machine no what it is that's the sound of the rover that eh are the Martian aliens. <laughs> That's their radio show in the morning. That's Dermot and Dave on Mars. <laughs> yeah, it's just basically windy. That's pretty cool, though. It is cool. You're, you're listening to Mars. Isn't it windy because the aliens are hiding? Why, if they come out, the wind stops? <laughs> no, like, you're not hearing anything else because the aliens are not making any noise. They're like... We don't know what this thing is, so let's just all stay quiet till it goes away. Perseverance has gone away. It's still wandering around up there on its own. You having a hot chocolate, Maz? Yeah. That looks good. You're not getting it. <laughs> it smells good. Do you not find, though, it's only the first, like, three sips of a hot chocolate are really nice, and then the rest of it is bleh? No, I find the opposite. The first sip, you're like, meh. It's just like hot milk. And then you get to the end, you're like, oh, yeah. This is Super where it's at. Yeah. This is what I wanted. Condenses into a black hole of chocolate at the bottom. Is anyone else like me, I wonder? I don't mean to hijack Dave's world. It's not called Dave's world anymore. Yeah. Sorry, weird information day. Um, <laughs> do you only enjoy the first, like, fifth of a cup of coffee? And then, like, I never finish it. I only, it's the first few sips, I want the coffee. And then I, 
I can't finish. I, I can't even drink half of it. I don't do the. I don't do coffee, but with tea, it has to stay the same temperature the whole way down the cup. Oh my god, no! For for me to enjoy it the same amount, because mm. if it starts to get cold, you're like, oh, now I can kind of taste the milk a little bit. I the other day made a cup of tea, had two sips. Then went out for 15 minutes because I had to do some stuff. <laughs> Came back and went, oh, my tea. And went, oh, it's perfect. Yeah, great. Oh, gross. And it's in a Sports Direct mug, so it's like absolutely gallons oh, of gross. it. It's It'd be cold. freezing. No, it wasn't time. cold. It wasn't cold. It wasn't cold. Well, it was still warm. Like, But I don't even drink it cold. <laughs> I don't care. Anyway, I don't know if that's... Because uh, sometimes you hear, oh, my God, I do that too. Or, oh, my God, my husband does that really annoys me. I make him a cup of coffee. He never drinks it. But maybe he just and, doesn't enjoy it past the fifth sip. Yeah. Yeah. Hmm. Anyone else like me? I thought Dave's world about space was a bit more interesting <laughs> than this, but hey, who am I to judge? I went to a cool magic show uh, last night. Okay. A good uh, show in the f- in the Borgosh. I've been to the Borgosh in a while, actually. I forgot how luxurious that place it's is. Very fancy pants. It's actually a gorgeous theatre. Uh, this was the magic show where things go wrong. Yeah, magic goes wrong, it's called. Was so, it good? Uh, it was excellent, yeah. A real good family show. You don't come across many good... Sort of theatre family shows. Yeah. This is definitely one of them. Okay, um, it's 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 really impressive magic tricks, but kind of cloaked in comedy and things going haywire. And um, certainly the kids, kids, kids would love that. Yeah, and they're shouting up things, and um, it's not quite panto, but uh, <laughs> it's nice and chaotic. Yeah, so it's called Magic Goes Wrong on the Board, gosh, would recommend if you're looking for something to do with the family. A minute ago in Days World, I played you arguably some of the most important sounds we've ever heard in our lives. You know, they've just re- NASA have just released the sound of a black hole. Oh my God. Does anyone care about that? No. All they want to talk about is who hates coffee. <laughs> so, <laughs> Dermot, I'm with Yay, you, I'm with I you win. on the coffee. I love the first few sips to get the caffeine hit and then I get the ick. Uh, hi, Dermot and Days. This is Emer and Sligo. I used to do this with my coffee mainly because I'm a painter. And I'd forget about my coffee and go to take a sip and it would be uh, cold. But then I invested in a thermal flask and mug. And obviously that retains the heat or whatever. You don't have to watch mm. it. Don't scald myself, says Emer. And someone else says, I'm with Maria on the tea. Equally lava hot for the entire cup. Otherwise, puke emoji. They're not having it. Listen to Adam's story about his mother. Lads, my mother will make a cup of tea in the night and bring it up to bed and fall asleep and wake up the next morning and get this, knock it back. Freezing cold. Oh. She's an animal. She is. Okay, and you set up for the day. Knock back the day and get up. Go on. Oh, listen to this one from Dave. Yes, Dermot. I'm the exact same when I drink a coffee. Absolutely dying for it. Can't be too hot because you can't drink it. A couple of mouthfuls and then it's just like, nah, what's this? Coldening, which probably isn't a real word either. <laughs> Coldening, just puddle of sour. Yeah. <laughs> I'm, that's it. I could not have described it better. Sorry. The coffee's like, oh, just, the coffee, oh, the coffee. What is this? I just need to hear this <laughs> this description. If this was on, when one of those coffee ads, like, the delicious, creamy, yeah. the aroma fills the room, and then after a while... Coldening, just puddle of sour... Yeah. <laughs> Yes, Dave. That's absolutely oh, brilliant. See, I'm looking. Here's my cup here. And yeah. that's what it is. It's a coldening puddle of sour meal. Yeah. <laughs> 87 4100 drops the text or WhatsApp. Challenge Cahill is the newest part of the Dermot and Dave show where our Cahill gets set a challenge and to be fair to him, he steps up to the plate. Right now, Cahill is a dad. He's not a real dad. He's a dad to a training baby 
but it hasn't stopped us kind of reaching out to the uh, the community that we have around our show, yeah. Paul. Because on the phone right now is Kelly Gagan, Gagan from Sleepy Stars. Hi, Kelly. <laughs> Hi guys, how are we? Oh, we're fine. Poor Carl's eyes are in the back oh. of his head. He's had one Helen. night with a robot baby and he's not able to cope. I'm he's wrecked. wrecked. He's, I'm wrecked. He's totally wrecked. And look, as our general advisor for Mind Yourself Now on how to deal with babies sleeping, you're the expert, Kelly. What advice have you got for him? Well, this baby sounds very unique. <laughs> you're right. Um, well, what you could do is baby's getting into a pattern of looking for the bossy, the bottle every couple of hours. Can you maybe just like try and get there before the baby starts screaming? That might help you. So I drink the body before the baby. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that'll definitely stop the screaming. Well, so you can have the one with the alcohol, and baby can have the other one. Because so. you're not breastfeeding, Carl, which is great news for you. He's not breastfeeding. But that's no. good advice, though, Kelly, because because yeah, obviously yesterday Carl was sprinting around the office to try and find quiet places as soon as Kylie, which is her name, as soon as Kylie Minogue started screaming. But what you're saying is get there ahead of Kylie's screams. If you know she's going to want a boppy in two hours. Give her the boppy in an hour and 55 minutes. Exactly. You're a pro. You're on the job. <laughs> no, you're fine. <laughs> yeah, I don't want to get her into a routine either. Like I like when it's like three hours and I get a bit of a nap <laughs> myself. <laughs> so he was up last night. Kelly, he, he didn't get Kylie down till almost midnight. She got up at three for an hour and was up again at six. How would you say that is in a standard kind of baby night? Um, it depends. If the baby needs a lot of kind of help to sleep that's perfectly standard and to be honest how old is Kylie do we know your baby call three months three months you say three months okay give so or take <laughs> we said hours. you know the way when you ask a parent how old their baby is and they give you the answer in minutes <laughs> calls like three months give or take <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we celebrated the birth for a mad week. <laughs> <Let's try continues. laughs> um, yeah, maybe just be one step ahead of the feed. That would be my best advice for this baby situation and trying to put babies down. But like, I don't know how this program works with the baby, but basically if the baby gets overtired, they're very difficult to put down for the nap. So trying to put baby down for the nap before they get overtired can help but with your baby I'm not quite sure how that will work <laughs> Kelly neither is he that's the funniest thing about it <laughs> come here uh, thanks as always for joining us have you any events happening if people are looking to get the, get better sleep with their kids have you anything coming up I'm I'm the Carlton Hotel in Dublin Airport on the 22nd of May for my last one before I hop on a private jet and head to the States so if you want to come along for baby advice I will be there God, baby advice is so lucrative you can get your own private jet to the States <laughs> you're all on the wrong job Kelly <laughs> If all else fails, Carl, you can uh, take the batteries out. <laughs> I tried that. I tried that. No, they're tamper-proof. Yeah. Kelly Gagan from Sleepy Stars. Thanks, Emil, for joining us. All the best. Take care. Bye-bye. 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 There you go, Carl. Do you feel more confident now? No. no I'm too tired. I can't shook. take any of that in. That's Brooke. That's Rich. It's Dermot and Dave on Today FM. That is our Eurovision entry for this evening. It's all happening at the Pala Olimpico Turin, Italy. And uh, 40 countries going to be participating in Eurovision 2022. And our man, Paul Bonass, who usually works here in Today FM, repairing everything that we break. <laughs> but now he's over there to break himself over the next few days, celebrating Eurovision. Hello, Paul. Hello. Good morning. How are you guys? We're great. So um, what's on your mind right now? What are you most excited about? 
ever. Right now, I'm melting on a bus. I literally just got off the plane about 30 seconds ago. <laughs> and and Kyle, the little Ryanair Trump I hadn't even played. And Kyle was like, okay, Ryanair in a minute. Is that okay? I said, give me a minute. <laughs> <laughs> so you're on that little bus that brings you from the plane to the terminal? Yeah. Oh, great. <laughs> and, uh, you've got somebody's armpit in your face. Exactly. Uh, <laughs> no, I can... I can tell by the kind of quiet Paul we're getting as opposed to the usually rambunctious loud Paul that we've got. Believe me, I want to be, I, the song was on there and I wanted to do every dance move to have over the well, dozen people around. Yeah, well you are a massive Brooke cheerleader. If anyone's been keeping an eye on your Instagram over the last little while, it's been non-stop wall-to-wall Brooke and rightly so. Do you think she has what it takes to get out of the semi-final tonight? Absolutely. 100%. And it, it was reinforced on... Uh, Tuesday night when semi-final one was on and we kind of seen the calibre of what kind of got already heading into the finals that we realised that Brooke definitely has a shot at this. All of the rehearsal stuff has been fantastic. Like, she seems to be nailing her socials as well. So, you know, everyone, everyone seems to be, people outside of Ireland are aware of her now as well. And mm. it's, it's, it's looking really, it's looking really positive. And she seems like great crack as well. I, mean, I tweet, I uh, added her in an Instagram story earlier on and we landed and as soon as I got coverage again, just before Kyle, in my morning, uh, I just got a notification from Brooke where she did tweet uh, go back to me and she's like, oh, I'm so excited for tonight and the two of went on as if Marilyn Monroe had just replied to a message. <laughs> <laughs> like, right, so you're, you're there with your partner Luke and just who you're squee- squealing when she t- oh, yeah. Instagrammed like, you. You, know, you think I'm big for your vision. Luke's obsessed. You know, like, a lot of, we, we have the late late, obviously, that picked our final but uh, some countries won like a massive like couple of month long thing, like an X Factor just achieved their one. Luke, for the last year of my life, I've been surfing Eurovision. Luke, Luke watches all of these finals to see what songs each country is sending to the Eurovision. So <laughs> I kind of, I, I only jump on board when it's getting closer and closer to it. But um, yeah, he, he's definitely the diehard one. Yeah, it's hard to believe the last time we actually got through to the final was back in 2018 with Rhino Shocknessy's song oh, Together. Together, yeah. So it's overdue, and it would just be great to be included because Eurovision's fun. Yeah. But obviously, you know, it's like a, the Euros or the World Cup. It's more crack when you're involved. <laughs> exactly, uh, and like the caliber of what's going into the final is like absolutely phenomenal. So, like, whether or not we win it, it's unlikely, but I think we definitely will get out of semi-final tonight and we'll be into the final. Well, let's sure. hope so. Dave says, uh, guys, I'm not a fan of Eurovision normally, but this is the first song I've liked in decades, which is good. Someone else says, Brooke plus Eurovision equals a winner, uh, which sounds like a hopeful way of looking at it, but a lot of people are texting us in saying that it doesn't really matter what Brooke or what anyone else does, that Ukraine is just going to win, obviously because of the sentiment the world has for Ukraine at the moment. Let's have a listen to their entry for a sec. got through the first semi-final on Tuesday. Yeah. What do you think? Is it, is it a done deal? No, I don't think so because a lot of people are really serious about Eurovision and they still treat it as a, a song contest. And so the song, the, regardless of what's going on politically or emotionally or whatever, people will, will vote based off of the song. Mm. And so that's why that's why comedy acts. You know, there's one, one uh, uh, not com- sorry, not comedy, comedy is the wrong word to use, but kind of one more fun act going through this year from semi-final one is uh, Sub Wolfer with a song called uh, Give that wolf a banana. Oh, the Norwegian one, Sub Wolf. Yeah. I love that. Give my yeah. nana a banana or something it's called. Exactly. Give the wolf a banana before she eats my grandma. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> and that, that's gone through, but it, it definitely won't win. And it won't win because 
once once it comes to the crux of it and it becomes a very serious comp- it becomes a much more serious competition come Saturday mm. and the people who actually pick up the phone and vote in a, in a lot of kind of mainland Europe countries take it very seriously and they'll be voting on it based off of the song the and song. not kind of like and not, not kind of any comedy elements or kind of special effects on stage on well, come here. the important stuff is A. you're going to be there tonight for the semi-final yeah. but B. with your confidence that Brooke's going to get to the final have you got a ticket to the final and how hard are they to get? They are incredibly hard to get to grow. For starters, the arena capacity is tiny because so much of the arena has to be handed over for green rooms and stuff. So tickets were already quite limited. But like uh, during the week, I got a notification to say that one or two tickets had gone live for the Saturday night. And when I hopped on for a restricted view seat, like pretty much at the side of the stage where you could see nothing, was 450 euro. And it was snapped up in like a minute. There was There were seats that had no stage view for 150 that were snapped up in oh seconds as well. That's insane. Like, incredible. Like, so, so what, whether or not I actually get into the, you know, I'll, I'll try to sell a kid if she gets through well, to the final. I, I wonder, <laughs> is it like the, the, the Champions League or the Champions Cup for Dermot and Rugby where people have bought themselves tickets in the hope that their country gets through the semi-finals and then if they don't, maybe they'll just go, ah, oh, well, I'm not going to go now. I'll go home and sell the yeah, ticket. Yeah, that was kind of what I was hoping for as well. But they're, 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 to try to stop house, what they've done is it, you have to bring your passport and your name has to match the name on the ticket. Oh, so right. best, best, best hope. And as we even seen in semi-final one the other night that there was a bunch of empty seats in the arena and that was probably caused by Tails who bought tickets but then left it too long before they could, they couldn't ship them mm-hmm. in time to change the name on the gotcha. ticket and so they gotcha. ended up having to let them go to waste. So my best hope is on Saturday morning they released them. off the bus now. Uh, to, uh, the, the best we can hope for is <laughs> we have to say thank you to the bus driver. Thank you. Uh, <laughs> oh, it's grazie, grazie. Grazie, sorry. Um, and... Uh, yeah, so my hope is if I go up to the box office uh, on Saturday morning that I'll be able to that we'll be able to score a ticket. You know, if I got Luke into it alone, I'd be happy because they have massive fan, fan zones over here. You guys would have seen it when you went to the Euros. And yeah. Stuff. So they have massive fan zones, and each of them look like a you know like a mini longitude or electric picnic. So like we'll have the crack anyway in the fan zones, but um, but uh, yeah, if I can get into the arena, all the better because just you know me guys as a nerd. And you should look at the amount of LEDs lights in your studio there. Can you imagine how happy I'll be if I get to the ultimate LED Lasers. Lights? Imagine so many lasers. Well, Paul, the great oh, stuff I, is... I'm is that... getting given out about the airport, please. Okay, Sorry, really quickly, really quickly. We can't wait to talk to you tomorrow when you're really hungover and have no voice from shouting at Brooke. We'll talk to you tomorrow morning to find out how you get done. Get your little flag. Get your tiny flags, quick. See you, Paul. We, we got to in Carol's yesterday. Luke told, Luke told me yesterday. He went to Carol's yesterday to buy the flags, right? And he went in, and uh, she at the end of the transaction, uh, the girl behind the sale said, uh, "Enjoy yours." And he said, "You too." Perfect. All right, Paul. See you later. Bye bye. Bye bye. Bye. That's Paul. That's, sorry, yes, that's, that's our microphone. Yeah. That's Paul Benassar, our <laughs> tech expert usually in Today FM here, uh, but he's gone over to the Eurovision to go and support Brooke. So, yeah, we'll keep an eye out and we have a chat to Paul again tomorrow and see what state he's in. Uh, I'm jealous. I'm actually caught up in his uh, buzz, the buzz there. Yeah. Oh, totally. it's going to be so good. Fiona and Nula heading over as well. They're in Dublin, on the way to Dublin Airport now to go to Eurovision tonight and Saturday. Enjoy. <laughs> Oh, if there's one thing in the world that we're all fascinated by, it's relationships and love. Uh, whether it's our own or someone else's, we all want to know more about what makes them work or not work. 
So over the next couple of weeks, we're going to be looking at the different kinds of relationships out there. Next week, we'll meet the couple who are in a platonic life partnership. But this morning, we're kicking off with a look at open relationships with Annie Lavin, a.k.a. the Relationship Coach. Good morning, Annie. Good morning, guys. How are you? Uh, we're great, thanks. Excited to be exploring all aspects of relationships and love. Um, can you just explain to people who maybe have a vague idea about open relationships, um, in your experience of working with so many couples, how do they generally work? Well, um, when we speak about open relationships, we're normally talking about um, consensually non-monogamous relationships or more commonly known as ethical non-monogamy. Um, and these relationships, they're generally ethical because everyone knows what's going on in them and they're all consenting to the arrangement. Um, so we don't have any real statistics here in Ireland, but what we do have is we have some statistics from the States. And what they suggest is that one in five people report engaging in ethical non-monogamy at some point in their life. And they typically see uh, more younger people um, choosing this this lifestyle. This one in five, he says. So 20% of people will be involved in some kind of an open relationship. That seems high. Yeah. Now, it's studies that have come from the States um, but yeah, that, that's what's coming back. Now, they specifically say it's more men compared to women and it's um, more people who identify as gay, lesbian, bisexual compared to those who identify as heterosexual. Right. And um, they were the people who were more likely to report, you know, being being a part of that mm. phenomenon. And within these relationships, uh, is there one primary partner and then you have rules for how each other person uh, sees other people? Yeah, like it very much depends on the arrangement that the couple makes. So, I mean, oftentimes when I'm working with people like this, there's two main reasons why they might decide to get into an open relationship. One would be that monogamy just doesn't appeal to them or they're just jaded by the constraints. You know, they've either witnessed or experienced in monogamous relationships. Um, and the other one then, the more common one can be the circumstances they find themselves in or a feeling of, having a lack of passion in their current relationship. Um, so, you know, their partner might be the person who finds themselves attracted to another person outside of the primary relationship, um, or they might be the person. Um, now, it's a more complicated situation if one of those people, <clears throat> excuse me, you know, has an affair um, outside of the relationship without consent, without there being any knowledge. Essentially, that's that's, you know, just... A, a, you know, betrayal, breach mm. of trust and so on. So in an effort to maintain the primary relationship, it's then that a couple might decide, okay, maybe we should open up our marriage. And this isn't the best way to open up your relationship. You know, okay, so, the, yeah, do you find that that, that is a, a kind of a way of trying to to do what you want to do, but get permission to do it, as opposed to sitting down with the person that you're in a relationship with and both deciding together that an open relationship works? Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Like it's much better to kind of look at what the underlying issue might be in a relationship first than to try and mask it by opening up the relationship. But of course, that's that's not every case. You know, there's some people who have decided that they want to be in an ethical, non-monogamous relationship. But that's a conversation that they would need to have and have consent and agreement with their partner in advance of that breach of trust. And would it be the case that over time, things may change. For example, you know, somebody might decide, oh, do you know what? I'm, certainly I'm thinking of it going, this is a lot of hassle having different partners and having to remember different um, anniversaries and to go, <laughs> who am I going out with on Saturday night? 
Um, but like, do you find over that over time, maybe people in the relationship might go, "Well, do you know what? I've I've done the open relationship, and now I want to go back to a monogamous relationship." And if you don't keep that line of communication open, presumably the danger is that over time resentment builds up and relationships break down. Yes, exactly. It's it, it's like it's like um, shoe shopping, for example. There's a number of different shoes you might want to try on. Some of them will feel you know more comfortable than others. Some of them will be more appealing than others. So I just think there's more choices available to us now, and I think it's a great thing that people can kind of try on what's a fit for them. But the important thing then is that you're 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 partnering with people who are also in agreement with that. Or it might be the case that you have to come to the arrangement that actually this doesn't work for both of us anymore. So that's why I think when it comes to any kind of relationship that you're co-creating, it's important that you know yourself well enough to know what it is that you like. So, you know, if you're if you're single and you're about to get into relationship, that you can be the person at the very early stages of a relationship saying, listen, I think I'm I'm. I'm, I, my preference is to be in a non-monogamous relationship um, because if you find yourself in a marriage or in a long-term relationship, you know, there's, there's kind of a, an unsaid agreement that a lot of people have that the person I'm with is, is, is choosing, consciously choosing to be with me and, and wants to continue a monogamous relationship. Say you have an open relationship that's functioning quite well. Uh, is the usual approach to other partners outside the relationship, is is it the don't ask, don't tell? Is that generally how it works? So, look, I know you're doing stuff, you know I'm doing stuff, but we don't need to give each other all the gritty detail. Mm. Well, again, that will come down to the agreement that people have made. You know, that's, that's kind of, I, I think that's a big part of um, deciding that you're going to open up your relationship. There's no set rules, but it's hugely important to work together to establish what your expectations and boundaries are with your partner. So that that to me sounds like there, you know, you're speaking about an emotional boundary. You know, let's talk about what might make you jealous. Um, if you hear about me describing who I was with or what I was doing, if that's going to bring up huge jealousy in me, then maybe we won't discuss that. But I do think there's a few things that you do have to consider if you're going to open up your relationship, not only emotional boundaries, but sexual boundaries and personal boundaries. You know, like what is fair game? Are friends okay to to to, to be with? Co-workers, ex-partners, you know, how do you feel about all of these things? It's a really big conversation. And for a lot of couples, it can be too big for them to manage on their own. So it's, it's, it can be important for them to seek the support of, of um, a, a, a relationship coach, relationship therapist, to really kind of iron out some of these topics if they struggle to do it themselves. And, and is jealousy, which is a very natural emotion, is that expected in this situation rather than kind of, well, I can't possibly be jealous because I have an open relationship. I mean, you know, is it, is it part and parcel of the whole scenario? Yeah, I think we're all human. So that feeling of jealousy, um, it can be higher in some people than others or higher in some situ more, more in, in some situations more so than others. And certainly the, these kind of relationships, um, you know, if you're not well practiced in them, there can be a risk of jealousy and, of course, issues with your self-esteem then. Mm. Um, so how you are before you enter into uh, uh, any kind of relationship will impact the quality of that relationship. So, for example, if, if jealousy is an issue in your relationship before you open it up, you can be sure it's going to be an issue when, when it's opened. Mm. Um, have you ever come across 
you know, a couple where maybe someone is going along with it for the sake of the other person who doesn't, doesn't want to appear like they're a stick in the mud, you know, and that they don't want to let the other person down because maybe part of them is thinking, look, this is who they are. This is the price of, of entry here. And if I want to be with this person, then they're going to have to kind of play by their rules. Do you come across couples where one person is maybe outwardly saying, yeah, yeah, and we're so open, but actually on the inside, they're struggling with it? Yes. Yes, I have. I've come across a number of cases like that where it's a real challenge for them. And that's that's where they're having to kind of give up their need for or they're prioritizing the need of their partner over their own. So that's why it's really important to know yourself and to know your preferences and to make choices from that place. I think when you feel this is the price um, for me to maintain this relationship, I think that's when you're on a slippy slope. Yeah, well, Vinny and Mayo says the shoe metaphor, Annie, is a dangerous one. Dave might confuse the next sneaker show he attends with a swingers convention. <laughs> no, I don't think so. I'm going to try on shoes, in air quotes. There is a question in us says, can you ask Annie what the effects, if any, are of open relationships having uh, psychologically or emotionally on the children of any of the involved partners? Like, I'd be curious about whether non-monogamy would work for me, but I don't know if I'd want to pursue it if I had kids, says the text. I think we always have to consider the impact um, that our relationship or our behaviours in relationship will have on children. And again, I think that comes down to a boundaries issue and um, a lot of communication between the couple. And again, it might be an outside party, a, a professional to kind of consider all of these things before they get into an open relationship. Because, you know, in theory, it can sound like, you know, the the magic fix, but in reality, it's it's somewhat different. And yes, we are dealing with people and we're dealing with more people than just two. So, um, so yeah, there's more things to consider. Mm. It's interesting, other people's opinions. Uh, this text says open relationship is pointless. You either want one person or just be single. I suppose that's a black and white way of looking at it, but we're human beings. We're rarely black and white. Um, there's mm -hmm. all that gray area in between. So um, it's just, it's not as simple. Relationships aren't that simple. And that's why we're doing this yeah. like, study on relationships over the next few weeks and months, because we want to see what the alternatives are out there to just the black and white but scenario that we always know. I also think, Andy, you know, I think society likes to imagine that all relationships are are fairly homogenous, but I think if you, uh, you know, in your experience, I'm sure when you look under the bonnet, you know, you'll see intricacies in all, all relationships and that people always want different things and, and at different times of their lives as well. Absolutely. And, and our society and the norms that are expected of us, um, for the most part in Ireland have been, um, monogamous relationships. We haven't really seen evidence of other types of relationships or partnerships and in a lot of cases monogamy doesn't work for people or we even have to look inside a monogamous relationship and look at the quality of that relationship rather than just this broad title of I am exclusively only with one person what's the quality of that relating in in the relationship you know we've been taught that our relationship structure the title of partner girlfriend boyfriend husband wife that it offers us some sort of security some sort of guarantee or commitment but but really there's no commitment you know there's no commitment other than i suppose the devotion that we show up to love with every day um, and i think for a lot of people there's kind of that part is skipped over it's like, like are you in a relationship how long are you in a relationship and there's kind of so much um so much 
clout given to the length of time people stay together without really paying attention to the quality, quality of that yeah, relationship. That makes sense. Years. Uh, Annie Lavin, the relationship coach.ie is where you'll find Annie. Thanks for joining us today and filling us in on that. Appreciate it, Annie. My pleasure. Bye bye. Bye. What is it, Ryan? Four. Five. He's four. Four. Yeah. Tell everyone what he was up to last night. So last, I was so tired yesterday. Um, I was getting him ready for bed. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to get him to put on his PJs, but he was messing and jumping around the place. And and I said, please, Reen, I'm so tired. Can Like, can you just put your PJs on? And he went, go sleep then. <laughs> I said, well, I can't go sleep until you go to bed. And then went in to brush his teeth and he was walking out the bathroom. And he walked past me, didn't even look at me, just kept walking and said, uh, this bathroom's a mess, tidy it up. <laughs> He's a brave boy. Get into bed now. <laughs> is he still uh, is he still alive today? Yes. <laughs> he is? Yeah, good, Has good. he got into bed? Right, right. He may not see five. No, no, may not. <laughs> With an attitude like that. Psychic Noni is in, ladies and gentlemen. I've already killed everybody. How are you, Psychic Noni? All right, great. I can see your future. <laughs> she can. Looking bleak. <laughs> Fair bleak. It feels all right. You ready for a case? Psychic Noni's got Psychic Noni. Right, astrological star signs. Aquarius. Reaching your goals has been difficult for you over the last few years. Seriously, you're the smallest keeper our team has ever had. <laughs> Pisces. Mercury and Saturn are dancing in the celestial heavens and Venus and Jupiter are moving around and setting up for alignment with the full moon. Mars is drunk in the back garden and a solar eclipse just threw up on the deck. This party is off the hook, Bob! <laughs> Cancer! You're experiencing a lot of frustration at present and things aren't working out as promised. I don't blame you. Those peel here stickers on rashers are a joke. <laughs> Sagittarius. It seems nothing is clear these days oh. and communication is hard. Just remember, always blessings, chili, arc, and chili. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, I broke up there. You did. Pisces, you've been burning the midnight oil a lot lately, which is a terrible idea. Have you seen the price of fuel, you maniac? <laughs> Virgo, what's the matter, you? Got no respect? <laughs> Why are you looking so sad? It's a not so bad. It's a nice place. Ah, shut up, you fierce. <laughs> <laughs> you've got to be a certain age to get that one. <laughs> Gemini, something's niggling at you, and it's an itch you just can't scratch. Canison will clear that right <laughs> up to you. Hey! <laughs> Capricorn, it's a delicious summer orange drink. Just <laughs> pop in the straw and refresh your day. Uh, sorry, that's Capri Sun. Sorry. <laughs> Capri Sun. Yeah. They're easily very, confused. Oh, very easily confused, yeah. Taurus, they say life is like a box of chocolates. But yours is more like a chocolate Santa. Hollow and dead by January. (laughs) (laughs) Leo, ever feel like you're being followed? Do you feel like you're looking over your shoulder all the time? Well, you're right. That black SUV has been following us for 10 blocks now. Come on, let's lose him on the turnpike. (laughs) (laughs) Turnpike. Aries, 
You're a renegade and you like to ruffle a few feathers. But if you keep doing it, you'll be thrown out of the swan sanctuary. <laughs> <laughs> and finally, Scorpio, yeah. back it goes! <laughs> <laughs> I've known he was in there a couple of seconds ago. Sorry, a heavily pregnant lady just handed me a cup of tea. This is a wonder. Thank you, Maria. Uh, Psychic Noni was in. Uh, Noni, are you still there? I'm here, yeah. <laughs> Why did you sound like a small child? <laughs> I don't know what happened to me, there. Uh, there's a complaint in, Noni. And now, sorry, I should say, there are complaints every week. <laughs> let's, let's be honest. But the complaint isn't about the content of your terrible horoscopes. The complaint is that you missed Libra. So Noon has right, been on, and all the other librarians have been on to say, what's the crack? <laughs> we haven't had our... It's amazing our... how many of them work in that library. <laughs> <laughs> hey, oi, see what I did now? What'd you do? There was two Pisces. Oh, right, two Instead Pisces. Instead of it. So which one of the two Pisces is, is, was a Libra? Whichever one applied to your life, <laughs> that's you. <laughs> that's how it works. Libra, you've been cancelled. That's oh, cancel God. culture for you. That's One minute you're in, next minute you're gone. Uh, Carl Minogue is sitting beside us. Carl Minogue is currently father to uh, Kylie. And Kylie is a pretend baby, a training baby that Carl got there during the week. And he's, his challenge for Challenge Carl this week is to look after Kylie. Carl, jump around to the microphone there for a second before we, uh, before we go into the ad break, guys. Um, <laughs> how are you getting on, Carl? Because I'll be honest with you, yesterday it was kind of funny that you were shook and tired, but today you just kind of seem like, you seem a bit down. Yeah. <laughs> I am down. I am just a shell of a man. <laughs> I just didn't stop crying last night. Two nights now you've had... But it was worse last night. Right. F much worse. Oh, was it? Yeah. Like, the first night you were just woken up at 3am, was, yeah, was it no, more last night? It was like half three, half four, <gasps> half five, and then bawling in the car on the way to work. <laughs> <laughs> I'm so, so sick and of this child. You sent a picture into our WhatsApp group yesterday <laughs> that you brought Kylie to Kevin's training. Because yeah. the previous night you brought her to the gym, but yeah. this was out hurling on the pitch. Yeah, I had no choice. So, <laughs> where no was choice. Kylie while you were out pucking ball? On the sideline, I, I uh, brought a little wicker basket for her. Because <laughs> I don't have a buggy. <laughs> I wasn't chucking uh, no uh, his pram. pram around in my car. Right. So. I had a little wicker basket, and uh, she was, uh, yeah, she was happy out watching. She cried during training? Uh, no, no, she was quite during oh, training. Good. She was quite during training, yeah, no, no. Did you I get her fed and napped and changed see, before? See, that was done before, yeah. See, I even, like, the way I was thinking yesterday is, like, as a parent, I got ready for training at, like, half two yesterday afternoon. What time was training? Half seven. Right, okay, you're five because hours I ready. I not taking any chance. So what did you have to get ready, like, nappies... Yeah, well, no, I, no, myself. Him? Get myself dressed. Because <laughs> like, remember, the other day he tried to get dressed and he nearly oh. dropped her. No, yeah. he did drop her. He did drop her. I was saying nearly to be sound. Thank you, Dave. Thank you, Dave. So, so you're enjoying the pram. Well, I know no, you yeah. put the little no, baby. The little baby. You're a beautiful child. Thank you. <laughs> in, the, in the pram. I forgot the chocolate out there. Yeah. The baby's in there now. Thanks Is for texting. Is it working out for you? Uh, it's, it's a great pram. Uh, or it's the busy. That's an original 1967 TRX full suspension. <laughs> <laughs> it hasn't seen any oil since the day you bought it. <laughs> oh, no, let's see. But look, I, you can't complain. You have something now, don't you? And, and the baby looks very comfortable in there. And 
It's only 18 euro an hour. <laughs> <laughs> He's had it for three <laughs> days. Yeah. Invoice Dermot and Dave, please don't. <laughs> well, here's the <laughs> thing. Tomorrow, we're going to have a score. Orla's going to come back and give Cahill his actual official score on how he's doing as a father. So everything is rated like how many times the baby cries, how attentive Cahill is to the baby, the movement of the child, the n- number of nappy changes. All these things clock up to a score. Will Cahill get an A? Will he get a, an F? Yeah. We don't know. I do think definitely, I'll definitely not pass the movement part. The, the in and out of the car, that's the worst part about all of this, is choking everything into the car and then choking everything back out of the car. And you're not even bringing a buggy. No, it's just the child in the bag. Yeah, in the bag. No, no, the baby bag. I'm, I'm carrying the child <laughs> properly. Don't worry. You're not even strapping the child into a baby seat. It, it's just too much effort. It's the stuff. Yeah. That's I, what you, no one ever warns you about the stuff. The stuff, yeah. So yeah. many bits. <laughs> <laughs> I think back called when I had my twins in 2014. So we had a toddler, a four and a half year old, and twins. And getting them in and out of the car was interesting, <laughs> I'd imagine. <laughs> well, you won't see me having a child for a long... Yeah. Forever. <laughs> <laughs> Claire, if you're listening, <laughs> I've got some news for you. Uh, right, we'll Our check in. inflation's got up to 20 euro. Oh, my God. <laughs> Carl will get a score tomorrow. Make sure you don't miss it. It's morning, everybody. Hope you're in good form. Looking forward to the weekend, and the weather is kind to you uh, wherever you happen to be. I keep looking up. It's like um, Pavlov's dog here when you... We used to have a window in the studio here for the last few years, and they took it away. <laughs> you don't deserve sunlight. <laughs> Work harder. Uh, they took it away. And um, so I keep looking up to where the window used to be, you know. It's like, you know, when my dog Buddy, if, if we move his crate at nighttime, he just keeps walking over to the spot where his crate, you know, that he sleeps in used to be. And then he gets really, really confused. So that's what's happening with Seth and David here for the last few months. Um Anyway, I hope it is nice uh, wherever you are today and, and that the weather forecast is, uh, is, is exciting because uh, I got garden furniture for the first time in my life, um, which is very exciting. So I'm, I'm hoping to actually be able to sit on it without wearing three coats. Uh, but look, last night it was all about Eurovision and actually on the, te- the Dermot and Dave team here this morning, uh, we reckon last night's antics reminded us of this. doesn't love a bit of Yeah Yeah Ding Dong that's of course from the uh, Netflix film starring Rachel McAdams and Will Ferrell Fire Saga but you know in that film if you've seen it all of their hopes Iceland's hopes are on this song and they're just absolutely convinced it's going to win and then it just doesn't happen and it didn't happen for us last night Uh, Paul Bonas is our Eurovision correspondent usually the man who fixes everything for us here in Today FM but he is very very passionate as is his partner Luke about Eurovision they were in the auditorium in uh, Turin last night he's on the line hello Paul morning the things I do for a windowless studio by the way I am being baked (laughs) (laughs) you're being baked yeah, it's so hot. Oh, my God, I'm not built for this. Um, and I've, I'm guessing it was a late night, because I don't think anyone goes to bed early uh, on Eurovision night. Yeah, it was it was a late one. The, 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 all the clubs and stuff were open quite late last night, and they were all playing all the Eurovision bops. So it was a, it was quite a late one. You can probably hear it in my voice. But, uh, <laughs> you're, you're, hanging, you're keeping it together very well. But look, um, what was it like um, to be in the stadium? Because... 
you know, watching it on television, the reaction to Brooke was massive. And, and here at home, we just can't believe we didn't get through. Either can we. The support just in Turin in general has been mammoth. Like yesterday, uh, when we were, uh, when myself and Luke were coming into the arena, we were on the, the little hire scooters. We had like Irish flags draped off as like some sort of Irish superheroes. And everywhere we went through the streets, people were shouting Brooke's song out. Like everybody, everywhere we went, we seen Irish flags. Everywhere we stopped, people would beep and you know, sing, sing a lyric of the song. And then when we got to the arena, there was Irish flags everywhere. It was, it was like being at an Irish match. <laughs> and the, the, the crazy thing is, you know, tickets for Eurovision, you know, it, it's kind of a bit of a lottery. And so they're randomly allocated. So it's not like they stick all the Irish people in one section. So when Brooke came out and the, the, the roars of the arena went up, this wasn't just like unique to the section I was in. It was the support in the whole arena was absolutely massive. And was that and because people love the tune or is it because it was just full of Irish? I think it's, I think it's a mix of both. There's definitely a lot of Irish people over here. Like a few people who come to a lot of um, Eurovision every few years, they're saying to me that this is the most Irish people they've ever seen at a, at a single Eurovision event. So that's one part of it. But also it was just a really good pop song. And it was a it was a catch it was a catchy one. It was apparently it was getting radio, uh, radio airplay over here as well, so a lot of people knew it over here. So how it didn't go through is beyond us. But it's not just Brooke either. You know, one of the other massive reactions last night was for San Marino's track. That was the, the it was called Stripper. That was the guy that was on the um, the bull, the mechanical bull, and he had like every he had every much as reaction as Brooke did. Like they said, they they both got massive cheers in the arena but it just didn't translate to, to vote hey, I'm just wondering though Paul is you know sexy man on gyrating bull I, it's, it's fairly obvious he would get a lot of cheers at Eurovision night <laughs> <laughs> he also managed to sneak in a, a gay kiss as well which is the first for Eurovision as well so welcome in uh, well look speaking of other weird acts the Serbian one and what was the reaction this is the lady uh, Constracta who was washing her hands with the basin of yeah. water now, and singing in Latin is, when I first when I first heard this, because like me and Luke have been listening to these for months, when I first heard this, I was like, "This is such a strange song. I don't get it at all." Like, I love it, and everyone last night, like when the when the chorus of that goes off, everyone everyone singing it, everyone doing the hand gestures along with her. So that had massive <laughs> that had massive reaction as well, and like that's that's made it through. That's in that's going to be the twenty fourth song now on Saturday night, and it, it's a real contender. Yeah, like it's well, a massive contender for this. Very, very strange lyrics. Like half the song is in Latin, and the lyrics, the meaning, the English translation of what she was singing was, "I wonder what's the secret behind Meghan Markle's healthy hair." Yeah, what's the secret? <laughs> is it? Uh, I think that deep hydration is what it is. Let's have a listen to a constrictor washing her hands and singing in Latin about hair. <laughs> Yeah, so uh, I don't know. I, it's strange to us that that one would get through, in fairness. And haven't we seen enough of hand washing over the last couple of years? We really need to re- relive that. The, uh, the, the big two, I think, to watch. The, one, actually, one thing I took away from last night was, you know, during the interval, kind of when the voting is happening, they bring on some of the big five nations for a quick chat on stage. And, you know, the UK thought that they were going to that they were shooting this year with Sam uh, Ryder and his uh, track uh, Spaceman. But, like, every, that was when everyone went to the bar when he, went to, when he came to the stage. You know, and when they played the clip of the song, no one seemed to know it. So I think, I don't think uh, the, the UK mm. don't perform as, as well as they think. And uh, to be honest with you, I think, it's a, I think 
if I was to put my money on anyone now, it would be um, Spain. They have a track called Slow Mo, and um, everyone, it, I'm hearing it every bar I walk past over here. I hear the song. Well, look, what so is I, it? I think, I think it's going to be Spain, right? Well, what's it like though? You know, the nights. Obviously, you were disappointed Ireland didn't get through. But once you leave that stadium, what is it like in the bars and around the town? Is it just like uh, I, I would imagine it's something like going to the Euros? Is it? It's like going to Pride and the Euros combined together. <laughs> <laughs> so, so it's 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 it, it, it glitter and crowds and you know cheesy box and it, it's uh it's just there's just a bit of very happy vibe. There's just a good fun vibe happening. And yo, know, that that was that started yesterday afternoon. You know, from like three o'clock yesterday afternoon, people were, were around walking around with their flags and playing music. And um, and every restaurant and cafe you went to, you were bumping into people that were that were you know, like, Ireland, twelve points, like yes. So, uh, but it just didn't it just didn't happen for us. Unfortunately. Yeah, well, they're not giving us the twelve points. That's the problem. There. Um, yeah, no, that's the problem. Yeah, you know, singing it at, singing the song at us in a bar doesn't count. I mean, I, but the question, just everybody's like, why can't like? Is it actually unwinnable now? Like. Are we just too small? Do we not have our big neighbours to vote for us? Like, can we actually ever do well in Eurovision again? The the way it's set up now, I think so. It's just the, the really interesting thing will happen in a couple of days. You know, I think last year, I think it was, I think it was last year, missed out on qualification for the final by like five points or ten points or something like that, some tiny margin. Mm. Uh, and and we'll find out how much Brooke missed out by. In, in just a couple of days, because um, they'll release they'll release the voting figures on it. But like the, the one thing, because I was I was following Brooks Instagram and stuff last night. She's obviously good at work, but like she should be so proud. She did an absolutely yeah. incredible job. Like, and you know, the one thing we did when we got back to the hotel last night was in our state was let's look at let's watch the performance because you know when you're in the, in the arena it's a very different vibe to we were like did we miss something but did something not happen in the performance that like did something not go according to plan and that's why she didn't get through we watched it last night in the hotel and you guys obviously watched it at home I think you can both agree there's nothing more she could have done it was an incredible performance yeah monster last weekend the Eurovision this week I can't <laughs> take it anymore uh, Paul are you going to the final league can you, can, are you going to hang around and get tickets and head along to it I'm definitely, well, I'm here until Sunday, so I'm, okay. I'm going to try anyway. There's a big village as well. I just, I, I'm just fascinated by the whole event. Being, just to be in the arena again is something fascinating. Something you guys don't see on TV is, you know, between the acts, there's only, uh, when one act finishes, there's only 45 seconds when you're looking at that little montage of, mm. of the next country. And, like, my anxiety just be through the roof because as soon as those song finishes and the lights go off, about 100 stagehands come running out onto the stage to remove all of the kit on the last one and move the next people in wow. and it's the most incredible thing to watch in the world I'll stick with my Twitter because they, they put this giant countdown on the floor of the stage that counts them down to like 3, 2, 1 live again and everyone in the arena just be like like Panto Ooh. <laughs> <laughs> just in time and the last guy always runs off stage just so you guys see it live on TV so even just even just to witness the whole production element of it and like the, mm. the lighting is incredible the songs are incredible the vibe is incredible yeah. so well, hopefully look, I'll get there on Saturday where can people follow you on social media if they want a sneak peek of what you've been uh, filming and taking pictures of uh, just it's shockingly my name wasn't taken by anyone else so it's at, it's just at Paul Bonas on everything B-O-N-A-S-S at Paul Bonas. At Paul Bonas, there thank you, you. I'll try not to break anything between now and Monday because I have a feeling <laughs> after the weekend you won't be in the mood for fixing anything except your head. I'll chat to you later, guys. Thanks, Paul. Bye. That's Paul Bonas, our Eurovision correspondent, regular IT genius in Today FM. What did you think? Can we ever win it again? Is there something we're doing wrong? Is it rigged? Um, or do you just want to say well done to Brooke because she was absolutely brilliant? 087 4100 102. I think start a petition for Dermot and Dave to represent Ireland next year with the Eurovision. 
Eurovision song, says Brian. Yeah, we played our own Eurovision song uh, as yet to be recognised as an official Irish entry. <laughs> we played it yesterday. Um, nobody's biting, Brian, but thank you for your support. Um, the only thing we're doing wrong in the Eurovision is we keep entering. Oh, do you know what? There's a lot of people on the text today and online last night, I was noticing, who say that we haven't, as a country, been forgiven for sending dust in the turkey. That like still being held against us. Is that about, about 20 years ago, is it? When did we send Dustin? Mid-naughties, something like that? Carl's Googling away furiously. Um, but yeah, that we, we still haven't been forgiven that we didn't take it seriously enough one year and they went, right, that's it. We're never voting for the game. I don't think so. 2009. Uh, 2009, was it? Oh God, it's more recent than I thought. Yeah, you're probably right. <laughs> <laughs> We're being punished. Dermot, I can't believe you just played uh, Yeah Yeah Ding Dong on the radio. Well, myself and Maria were just chatting off air here saying that actually if that entered now it would probably win because it's sort of old school Eurovision it's kind of like the one you were, song you would have heard in the 80s 70s or 80s and I think people might actually be into that now um, gotta be honest says Val I don't rate the Irish song at all I thought it was terrible sad for Brooke though um, most people wouldn't agree with you Val I have to say uh, most people thought it was great it's a, definitely a grower of a tune uh, we're big fans of it here on the Dermot and Dave show and Today FM uh, I'm still not over it says Phil in Cobb I'm absolutely gutted robbed isn't even the word lads your one from Serbia was washing her hands on stage in an owl bowl Belgium were tripe Romania were embarrassing all the straight-thinking Eurovision fans have to rally together and vote for the best song and performance tomorrow night and not vote for the best cause. And um, uh, my kids thought it was Dermot and Dave doing lead vocals and guitar for Finland last night. <laughs> Says Carolyn Tip. That would be our dream. If myself and Dave could do that, play uh, a rock song for, I think well, that was Rasmus, wasn't it, for Finland? If we could play a rock song at Eurovision, all our dreams would come true. 087-4100-102. Don't forget, today's the day Cahill gets his results. He's had a training fake baby all week and he's uh, it's been had monitors on it and it's been totting up a score. So we're going to find out if Cahill from the Dermot and Dave team is actually a good father or not. But he's never been happier to be rid of that baby, I'll tell you that much. <laughs> the results on that are coming in after 10 o'clock. Right, here's the deal. At the start of the week, uh, we introduced Cahill to a brand new segment of which he was the main star. And uh, it was taking up challenges because he's proved himself over the last couple of months. He went and did the Coot Hill Parade on Paddy's Day and a number of other things. So we thought, you know what, this needs a more regular setting on the Dermot and Dave show on Today FM. So Challenge Cahill is now a thing. And his first challenge, I think could possibly the t- be the toughest of his life. Yeah, you broke me. You literally broke me. We gave Cahill a training baby, as seen on Love Island. It's not a real baby, but it does all the things and has all the same demands that a real baby has. Yeah, it felt like a real baby. There was The baby had weight. Yeah. The baby was uh, temperamental, hungry. Yes. Actually sounds a bit like you, Dermot. <laughs> He is a Burp baby. me, Carl. Burp me. <laughs> uh, what was the toughest part? The nighttime. That's just don't mess up my sleep. You were like a different man. I've never seen you properly cranky because you're always a good, you know, happy, upbeat kind of guy. Yeah. But you were just you. You know what you were. You were sullen. <laughs> oh, <laughs> you were like a teenager. Been, yeah. And was Wednesday ah. night was harder, was it? Uh, yeah, Wednesday night was harder because it was constantly waking up. So it she happened. was constant. Sorry, she. Sorry, tell everyone her name. Kylie. Kylie. No. 
Minogue. Yeah. yeah. Carl's uh, second name is Minogue. It, it writes itself. Yeah. <laughs> Doesn't need much explaining. <laughs> and uh, it wheezes itself and it poos itself. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> All of those things. And, and like, it was just the fear of going to bed knowing that you're going to have to wake up in a couple of hours. Yeah. So I was talking to Alison Healy, who recently had a baby. Yeah. And she called it night dread. And that's just a thing you have for before, years. Before you go asleep. Yeah. Yeah. So yes. that having that feeling of night dread. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so Post electric picnic. I think everybody knows what you're talking <laughs> yeah. about. Yeah. How did you sleep last night? Oh, so I went home. Obviously it was night one without without Kylie. Be, without Kylie, yeah. yeah. Uh, people were messaging me saying, ah, I bet you're going to be sad tonight. <laughs> sad. <laughs> I, I went home. I was home at half five, slept on the couch until half eight. Uh, peeled my eyes open to watch a bit of the Eurovision and was wrecked went back to bed at 10 o'clock and woke up this morning fully fresh didn't wake oh, once yeah I was not impressed by there was no bond you know formed really between you and Kylie like it, the, the Kylie was switched off remotely after the show yesterday yeah and Kyle went from like burping changing nappies uh, rocking you know all the things that a parent would do to the little baby to just dumping Kylie on the Today <laughs> FM couch and the was a newspaper thrown on top of her at one point. Oh, my stress levels were so high all the time. And also I had to work as well. So I should have been on the paternity leave. Well, yeah, there that is was that. the thing. We did get a lot of those messages in yeah. asking where was your paternity leave. I was but expecting, I was expecting to, to become close to Kylie. I was. I even bought mm. the baby biscuits and all. I was getting excited. You got Farley's and, Rusks yeah. or Liga. 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 Oh, Liga. yeah. <laughs> Finished the box. <laughs> unreal. Those you biscuits did. are Not unreal. Kylie. No. Yeah, they're nice. Uh, but after night one, I was like, not really happy with you here. So, so can you see now why parents are so happy when they get to go on a hotel break and all they yeah. do is sleep? Yeah. Well, I never understood that was a thing that you would just go and sleep because when I'd hear that from parents saying, oh yeah, we went off for the weekend, but all we did was sleep. And I was like, what? Are you not out partying all weekend? <laughs> the last thing I want to do this weekend is party. <laughs> <laughs> I want to book myself a hotel and sleep. Well, look, the best thing is throughout all of this week, uh, baby Kylie has been monitored by the lady who gave you the baby in the first place. Orla mm. Grimes uh, is a drugs education worker at St. Andrew's Resource Centre in Pierce Street in Dublin. And the baby has sensors all over it and it has been keeping score of your parenting abilities. Yes. And if you did anything wrong when the T Today FM and Dermot and Dave team weren't watching, we'll know. Because Orla knows, because baby knows. Okay, <laughs> now Orla's on the line. Good morning, Orla. Good morning. Hi, Orla. Hi. <laughs> I'm nervous now. <laughs> now that I hear you. Um, Orla, it's, it, I, I, have, I presume you've been tuning in and listening to snippets of how Cahill has been getting on. Were you impressed with, with the way that he appeared to be handling himself and his role as father? Well, it appears that Cahill had been taking really good care of the baby. I've seen a picture of uh, Kylie in the trolley at Aldi. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Cure in the baby seat and yeah. well taken care of. <laughs> yes. That was good to see. She's been in Noni's pram here in the studio while he was working and uh, he was answering phones, you know, for competitions with one hand wow. and in the other arm, Kylie, he, he managed to get a, a bottle into Kylie's mouth with his chin. <laughs> oh, super dad. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I just, I definitely... I think when uh, it was just myself and Kylie travelling in and out of the car, that's when I was not the best, I think. Because all the bits and all, I was a bit stressed. So at those it's moments, I'm, I am a bit nervous of uh, how my parenthood will be scored. 
Well, you know, Carl, it is interesting and especially you've mentioned there that you had sort of night fear and usually what we see in the reports is at night time, that's when people struggle the most and that they don't respond to the baby's needs at night time. But with yours, it's actually the total opposite. Okay, well, oh, so hang okay. on there, Orla. We've got to play some dramatic music here. <laughs> Thank you, Stephen. So, after a week, Cahill Minogue of Cashel County Tipperary. <laughs> Orla, can you tell us what is Cahill's score as a father? Okay, well, let me break it down a little for you. So, Cahill scored in four different areas. One was the rocking of the baby. So, four times Kylie looked to be rocked, and she was only rocked twice. <laughs> twice in a week. <laughs> she cried 19 <laughs> times for a nappy change, and she got 17 of those. She cried oh, to be burped 12 times, and he actually burped her 11 out of 12, which is really oh. good. And out of 24 feeds, she was fed 22 times. Oh. <laughs> I don't know what I didn't feed her, though. That's the thing. So this is, gonna, this is a strong score. It's a strong score. So his average there was 88%, which was really, really 88%. good. 88%? Well, unfortunately, oh. there were some deductions oh. from that score because <laughs> <laughs> baby's head support weren't yeah. Uh, yeah she had four uh, head support yeah we see Orla we mishandled yeah he was trying to put on a pair of GAA shorts at one point when he was getting ready for training and he may or may not have dropped a baby Kylie <laughs> there was a moment in the car as well that uh, just didn't go to plan putting her back into the car yeah moving baby seems to be causing problems already yeah so you lost 12% there. So it left you with an overall score call of 76%. Nice work. That's a B. That's pretty strong. That's a B. Uh, now, Maria, would you, if Carl was taking care of your baby, would you expect a B or would you like 100%? Uh, I probably would. I would look for an A++. Plus plus plus. Yeah. We might so. wait until baby's a little bit older to ask him to babysit. You know what I'm seeing here, Orla, is that uh, men have possibly lower standards than, than women. I'm there. That's a B. Yay. That, that's good enough. You're like, uh, no, no, it's a, it's a child. It needs yeah. to be X. Excellent. The baby survived. That's the main thing. Baby survived. Yeah. Yes, I'm happy She's with alive that. To tell the tale. Uh, yeah. how, how would that compare to, say, the teenagers who you'd be working with who would be minding these babies? Oh, look, we get a range of scores uh, from 100% all the way down the line. So, uh, by comparison, Carl didn't do too badly. Oh. So, someone got 100%. Oh, I just yeah, don't absolutely. know how. I don't know yeah. how that could happen. Also, don't know how I missed feeds. I felt like I was constantly feeding the baby. How? Oh, it's 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 more difficult than it looks, and and I suppose those babies are easier. I think than a real baby too. You don't have smelly nappies to deal with, and you're not worried if they're hot or cold, or yeah. if they're sick, or but you know all the other concerns parents have. Then you don't get the the cuddles and the smiles. You just get the baby crying yeah, the all baby, the time. The baby also doesn't have a sensor. The real baby doesn't have a sensor that'll just go. <laughs> when you successfully you know yeah. made the baby happy again it's the best part <laughs> Orla thank you so much is there hope for Cahal as a dad I think there's hope for Cahal as a dad I don't think well he wants done, it Cahal. 
Okay. But, you know, if you wanted to try again for 100%, Carl, we could always set that up. No, nah, it's okay. Don't you worry. 76, I'll take that. I'll, when, when, when I ever have a baby, I will just say, Doctor, it's all right. Don't tell us anything. I got 76%. <laughs> Thanks, I'll Zora. send you your certificate to prove it, Carl. Yes, please. I'll frame it. See you, Orla. Thanks, Emil. Take care. Thank you. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. So what did Claire think of this whole thing? Uh, like she said that I was a different person. I, I texted her yesterday and said, mm. baby's turned off. Uh, load of exciting emojis <laughs> and party. She just said, thank God you've been a different person this week. <laughs> That's exactly what she said. <laughs> well, she's in for a rude awakening herself then. <laughs> Down the line. No rush, Carl. No rush. No, no not at all. Uh, how do you think uh, our call did? 0874-100-102. You can drop us a text or a WhatsApp. It's today. I just put up the video of Carl's week with the baby up on uh, my Instagram stories. Dermot Whelan official. Go and have a look there. What did you think? Pamela Joyce has just dropped in. Did I have he do to well? say, he did extremely well and he would really good intuition. So there was one day, I think it was Wednesday, and uh, he had to go make tea and he ran in and said, she needs to be burped and launched the baby at me and went up and made the tea. But he knew what needed to happen. Yeah. So it was good. I, I feel like he should be very proud of himself. A 76% result. Like I said, it's not an A, but it's fine. <laughs> you know. Well, that's what most dads... It's what we most... Floating out there somewhere. <laughs> it's what we hope to achieve. If we get a grand, yeah. then we're happy. That's fair. Well uh, done, Carl. I'm proud of you. Were you watching Eurovision last night? I was, and I can tell you, I won't be watching it tomorrow night. I'm yeah. boycotting it. Me neither. Shocking. I'm the same. Like, how dare you? First of all, the production wasn't great. The presenters were very annoying. Like the most annoying of <laughs> all of the presenters. As they always were. Yeah. No, I know it was presenters. Would you like annoying. a shot at that? Um, I'd love it. But I would have to put on an accent. I couldn't do it on my own accent. <laughs> no, no. I'm like, hello, Europe. Welcome to Dublin. <laughs> I'm so excited for the Eurovision competition. <laughs> you have to do it. You can't do it in your own accent. You'd have to put some weird accent on. Do you think we find those presenters annoying because they're trying to be funny in their second language in English and it just all sounds a bit awkward like if we try to do it in French or Spanish or whatever I can be funny in Spanish <laughs> I can be I think it's because it's so rehearsed they've but done it so shouty. many times that it, they're just like they don't they're just making noises at this stage because mm. they've said it so many yeah. times they always speak like loads of people are cheering yeah. while they're talking but they're not but nobody that's what I mean so they're so <laughs> shouty except okay everyone's looking at you you don't need to shout mm. And you have a microphone. That's what it's for. Yeah. Don't scream at me, please. No, I just, I, I think they go, who's the most annoying person we can get to host? And let's go for them. Let's this go is just them. bitterness in the studio. Well, if we got through, we, you wouldn't be talking about the presenters. You'd be saying, Eurovision, greatest show on earth. Yeah. But I, she was robbed. You know, robbed is was. trending on Twitter yeah. today. Because she yeah. was, Brooke was robbed. Out of, uh, when she came on stage, I said that is by far the best performance so far. And then Sweden, Sweden, I think, is very, very good. But she definitely deserved to be. Is that the girl with no shoes? Yeah. Yeah. Oh. She was very good. She, was class, she deserves yeah. to go. She, she was, can't even afford shoes. She, I know. Shocking. Um, so I'm, I'm livid. I won't be watching it tomorrow. I might watch you, it with one eye. Did you like your so, one washing her hands in the basin? No, she was so annoying. Stop it. But that's classic weird. Eurovision weird and people go, oh, yay, weird. It's more art, isn't it? They didn't do that for our yeah. turkey. Where were they? <laughs> we sent a turkey was over. Was Justin in a trolley at one point? Yeah. Was he in a trolley? He in a yeah, trolley. see? Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. No. I mean, that technically could be art. You know, Dali yeah. could have put a 
turkey in a trolley? You don't know. Um, uh, so <laughs> now, to be fair, my Serbian isn't great, so I couldn't. I heard Mega Markle a million times, and that was all I got. Well, she was Serbian singing in song. a mixture of Serbian and Latin. Yeah. So you had no hope in hell. I thought you weren't supposed to speak Latin. Why? Why are you not supposed to? I thought you could only read Latin. Did I make that up? Well, I have to I, go. Bye. I'm sure the ancient Romans, ancient Romans spoke to Did each other. They speak Latin. <laughs> no, they, they read. Greek. They read. They wrote Greek. it all down. They just uh, shared memes. There's something that you're not carved so, on there's tablets. Something, there's a language you're only supposed to read. I need to go back to school. Uh, hieroglyphics. Although they would have spoken, they would have spoken Egyptian. No, I'm, I'm going to come to you with a thesis on Monday. Ah, you're grand. Well, look, <laughs> if you. <laughs> If you want the job as the next Eurovision presenter, then I'd like you to introduce Camila Cabela <coughs> in either Spanish, English, okay. or a mixture of both. Okay. Hola a todos de Europa. Estamos en el Eurovision 2023. <laughs> Thank you so much for being here. We are having an amazing time. You all look so beautiful. And now we are going for the Cuban entry in Camila Cabello. It's Havana. Listen back to more from the Dermot and Dave Show on todayfm.com. Dermot and Dave. Weekday mornings from 9 on Today FM.